0: K-A-S-T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ending. yeah, it's alright. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, yeah, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. So, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandafface.com. The number two HeelsAndAFace.com. dot Hey everyone, my name is Referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the Wrestling Podcast. Like you, first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades, I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now I bring my authoritative Tell it like it is style To the podcast world Join me each week As we go through All the major headlines From the global companies independents, And in between And most importantly The women will receive the coverage And headlines they truly deserve As they'll empower The second half of the show Plus I'll introduce you To my friends and colleagues Within all forms of wrestling And entertainment Answer your questions Anything goes No holds Well Questions barred And throw in some fun surprises Along the way Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Remember, you can catch all of our podcasts over on the MLW Radio Network. You can also catch them on Spotify, iTunes, and all points in between. Remember, it's a free podcast anywhere, Once again, fine podcasts are made available. If you know someone who enjoys wrestling or just enjoys listening to friends banter back and forth for a couple of hours each and every week, go ahead and let them know. Uh, Tag them in a social media post and uh, let them know. Direct them to the Front Row Material brand with Freeland and the Butt. So many things we're going to be talking about on this week's episode. CM Punk shows up at Monday Night Raw but was asked to leave. But by whom? WWE also reveals a brand new world championship belt. We're going to talk about that. How does that work into the whole championship equation? The WWE draft is also going to be happening. It's going to be a two-night spectacular happening this coming Friday night on SmackDown and then the following Monday on Monday Night Raw. Who's going to go where? We're going to talk about what would be the best scenarios as well. Chavo Guerrero starts to create a little controversy online. Was this really just a work or was he really upset about something? Butster and I will go into that. Nick, all this is back in Impact Wrestling, but for how long and what are the conditions? We'll talk about that as well. And another Saudi Arabia show happening for WWE. I know uh, some of us have mixed feelings about Saudi Arabia shows. We'll also talk about AEWs, their big collision show. And what network is that going to air on? Some people have been led to believe it's going to be on one but it very well might be on another one. With all that being said, let me go and introduce my brother from another mother. He is on the same continent. Let's clarify that. But he's in a different country. He is Christopher Butt. What's going on, buddy?
1: This is it, Michael. Another day. Uh, beautiful weather's here. Work is busy. Uh, another Tuesday night. I get to hang out with you. My wife is not mad at me. It's a good day.
0: This is a very good day. Now, first of all, I don't want to start the show off on a sour note, but how did the whole water heater thing turn out? From uh... So
1: I ran out of patience. Yes. That's pretty well-known fact. I'm not blessed with the greatest patience. <laughs> so, uh, the, so it was Tuesday. We did the show. Uh, Wednesday morning, I went and I bought a new hot water tank myself, and I brought it home and carried it into the basement. And when I got off work, I did it myself. Wow. So it took a, me an hour and a half. If that's I pretty do damn good. And, half, and I'm a schmuck. That's pretty damn good. right? A plumber could have done it in 45 minutes, but nobody called me back, so I just did it myself.
0: Well, you probably saved yourself a bunch of money, too. I mean, plumbers aren't cheap. 1,200 bucks. <laughs> good. Cr- it never stops. Nope. The proverbial phrase when it rains, it pours. And that definitely was the case here. Um, I've never installed a uh, hot water heater tank. I've really never done any home improvements for that matter. My wife is the one who really is good at that. She actually has her own set of power tools. So she'd probably be the one to have these conversations with.
1: <laughs> she'd keep them in the nightstand. <laughs>
0: yeah, she probably does. Yeah. Yeah. She but also has a hot a, water tank. It's easy. So, what do you do with the old one? Is it a situation where you have to take it somewhere, or do you recycle it, or what well, do you... Take it to the
1: scrapyard, throw it in the bin. Okay. Oh, I, just, I just want it out of my house. I don't, I'm not getting in a lineup to cash it in for 8 or $10. I couldn't be bothered. I'll okay. throw it in the bin. I'm away,
0: I'm away to work or something. This has nothing to do with wrestling, but have you ever seen the show Hoarders? Yes. Now obviously there's a lot of things that are going on with the people that are on that show, but there are some people who literally have so much scrap metal that they have thousands of dollars worth and they will not cash it in. And it's like scrap metal can actually, if you have a lot of it, that can actually be decently lucrative. Am I right on that? Well, for sure.
1: Copper is worth big money these days. Uh, People are stealing catalytic converters off of vehicles up here.
0: Yes, they are down here as well.
1: What's wrong with you? Why why, why you got to be like that? Don't be a scumbag.
0: Yes. That's going to be my new catchphrase, just so you know, for everything. Don't be don't a scumbag. scumbag. That's right.
1: No, but it's true. That, that, that can you know, solve so many of life's issues. Just don't be a scumbag. This is very true. Like really To steal a catalytic converter from up under somebody's vehicle, it's going to cost them good money to replace it. You can't legally drive your vehicle without one. Why? It's not yours to steal.
0: People are stupid. We, um, here in Ohio, we had, and this was years ago. I remember my mom, I would have to go with her. And I don't know if it was twice a year, whether it was once a year. It's called e-check. And so basically you had to take the car and it was this location that they would check the emissions. Of your car, so they would like hook this tube up to the, your tailpipe and you would run your car for so long. and I guess there was some type of calculations or whatever, and they would determine whether your car was was running efficiently or not. But that's been gone for thirty some odd years. but people would people would steal exhaust off cars, Kelly converters off a car. I mean it's just it's it's incredible what people will do. Um,
1: wow. Yeah, we used to have that e-testing here. And I had a... What was my car? It's a 2004 Pontiac Grand. Brand new. I only had it two months or something. And when I drove up from Newfoundland to Ontario, I changed the provinces, so I had to get new license plates. I had to go get an e-test. Mm-hmm. Mm, fine. Whatever. It was brand new car. Right. Failed. I looked at the guy. Is this thing has five thousand kilometers on it explain to me how i just failed an e-test just, well it could be this could be that no numerous things it could be like well man this is a pontiac dealership yep that's a brand new pontiac yep you should fix that so i'm well, i need the plates so without passing the e-test i can't get the plates Oh, gosh. It, it took four tries for that car to pass. Wow. Brand new vehicle.
0: Why? I mean, did you let the dealership know that you where you bought the car? that?
1: Oh, yes. I bought I it from thinking. a friend of mine. Wow. I mean, he, he worked at a dealership. I called him, but it was in Newfoundland, so half country away. I called him like, man, this still won't pass an emissions test. He said, that's impossible, Chris. It's, it's a brand new car. There's no way it won't pass an emissions test. I said, well. It won't. And I can't get new plates. You should sort this out for me. Yes. Like I've known you for 15 or 18 years. You know, just look into this. And then it passed. I don't know what they did, nor did I care. But it passed. But yeah, that whole emissions test up here, biggest scam in the world.
0: I believe it's always a scam. There's ways that all companies or governments or whatever they just try to fleece you out of money. Um, my wife, I don't know if I told the story before, but in Ohio, when you get your license plates, right, you don't you don't buy new license plates. You just get this little sticker that you put on the and it says it's good until whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So the sticker normally costs like sixty. $67, $65 per car. So 130 with tax, whatever. 130 with tax? Yeah. How much is your taxes? To renew our uh, 6%? Your math yeah. is wrong. Who? Mine? Yeah. This well, hold on. 67. So, so $67, $67 per car. Okay. So yeah, per car.
1: You didn't say that. Here's oh, so $67 in taxes,
0: $130 no No, No. Oh, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. That's You're, you're, you're a teacher, Mike. Yes.
1: But like, Jesus. Yeah,
0: okay. I don't... Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so all we have to do is get a sticker. So we, it, it's a flat rate, right? You get the sticker, you renew your tags. That's all you have to do. Anyway, in the state of Kentucky, literally just a few miles across the river from Cincinnati, renewing your tags is based upon what the Kelly blue book value of the car is. So <laughs> you, so basically let's say in your situation, you own a brand new car mm-hmm. and it says, you know, Pontiac grand dam, you know, what was it? Did you say it's 2004 at the time. Yeah, it was 2004. Yeah. And let's say it's the retail value is like $20,000, $25,000. Well, you have to pay like a certain percentage of the market value of the car to get your tags renewed. So it, it behooves you to own an older car as opposed to owning a newer car because you own a newer car, your tags are going to cost more in the state of Kentucky as it would in the state of Ohio where it's just a sticker. You pay it, they give you these two stickers, you stick them on the license plates and you're done. It's just state to state is insane. And it sounds like, are your provinces, do they all follow the same guidelines? Or are they kind of different?
1: Uh, they all follow the same guidelines. For the most part, it might be a couple. But like here in Ontario, I don't have to get stickers from my plate anymore. They did away with it a couple years ago. Oh, wow. Which was great. So that was 100 and, I don't remember what it was, 100 and something a year. Wow. Yeah, so we don't have to. Like my, my car now doesn't have a sticker on the plate because I haven't had, I just got it in the January. Okay. And we don't have to the stickers anymore. Nice. Yep. So. No, but I mean, why would they do that for Kentucky? Not okay. to, not to get this off
0: the rails already.
1: But is there a lot of money in Kentucky? Is I it like a so. wealthy state where? It's
0: not that wealthy, no.
1: Oh, okay. No. Uh, I just don't understand that. Like, so everybody just drives a shitbox.
0: Well, I mean, it, it. Everyone, I I can't see everyone, but I mean, they say in the United States statistics prove the average age of a car on the road is twenty years old. In the United States, 20. The average. So they take like when you register your car, and they take all the cars in the country. And they come out with these statistics, and I have to look it back up again. But at one point, it was the average car was twenty years old on the road. Oh my! Yeah, and you realize after so many years, your car becomes what they call historical. I think it's like after twenty-five years. So. You
1: no, know that call a car that's more than twenty-five years. Most likely, a heap of shit.
0: Yes, it's true. It's probably a jalopy,
1: unless yeah. it's a Corvette or a fancy Mustang or something that I've never owned a vehicle that if it got to 25 years, but man, this thing's historical. I know. Nope. It's a pickup truck. It's a piece nope, of shit. It's an SUV. And Chris has driven it for 25 years. I'm shocked. It's made it.
0: Yeah. I got a car right now. My current car has over 300,000 miles on it. So that's a lot. It is a lot. But with that being said, let's talk a little wrestling that's why people are here um the first thing i'd actually kind of like to talk about is let's talk about the chavo guerrero thing because i feel like a lot of people may or may not be super familiar with it um so first of all tell me what you had heard or what you saw when it came to the chavo thing and then i'll kind of fill in the gaps with some of the stuff that i heard
1: well i've seen it on um on the sportster on facebook on it Chavo, for lack of better terms, was a bit pissy about Mysterio using or making money off of Eddie. For basically, that's the very cut-down version. And on Twitter, apparently he was saying something about uh, uh, somebody said that Ray's made his money he doesn't need to make money off of Eddie's name. And Chavo snipped back that, well, does that mean he's going to donate the money he's making off of this gimmick now towards Eddie's children and stuff like that. Uh I can't say I agree with Chavo. You know, I respect Chavo. He's a he's a great wrestler, great trainer, and all that good stuff, great lineage. Every gimmick in wrestling is a recycled version of somebody else's gimmick.
0: Oh, I absolutely the way it is. Yes.
1: It's and it's not like they're doing the hey, we're you no know, ripoff of the Guerreros, they're not bringing up Guerreros from what I know, anyhow. Maybe I missed something, I don't think I did, but I don't that yeah, they're doing the LWO. I mean, that wasn't Eddie's thing, yeah. They're doing the mommy versus the poppy when it was uh Eddie in and, and China, but yeah, they're just they're recycling a gimmick it's not nobody's trying to be eddie well and Uh, i think go ahead sorry mike
0: you're fine i i think that in situations like this d and he then goes on to say hey i was just playing you all you know but i uh, let me ask you this question do you think there's some truth in this whole i'm playing you like oh i got you guys i was working all of you
1: no, I think he's probably just saying that, and didn't look good. Because where I, would he, he overreacted, he, I think it, was, it was just it was too much. You no, know, it's not like one of was coming out and saying, you know, um, I'm the next Eddie Guerrero or ripping off of all of Eddie's moves or or. I, I just don't get. I I personally don't see where he's coming from. I just don't get it. No, don't I'm with
0: know. you. I'm confused as
1: well. Yeah, I don't know if Travel was just having a bad day and he spazzed out over something and overreacted. I mean, yeah, there's some similarities to um Dominic and Rhea versus Eddie and China. Sure there is. Okay. Name me a gimmick that's happened in the last 20 years that wasn't Had something to do with something that happened 10 or 20 years before that. It's it's just the way it is. Well, when you have so many gimmicks to go around, man, like, sorry.
0: When you look at superstar Billy Graham, Hogan was knocking off aspects of of Superstar. Mm -hmm. Hogan was knocking off aspects of Jesse Ventura. When you look at superstar Billy Graham and you look at Jesse Ventura, Hogan completely ripped those things off. There's nothing like if you look at Dolph Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler very much takes things off of Shawn Michaels. People were calling him like a dollar store Shawn Michaels knockoff. So I think they say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. And I think in some ways it can be. But I also think that what you said was spot on. I mean, nothing is 100% authentic. Nothing is. Something is taken from here or a little piece from here. And it's almost like a recipe, right? Oh, you know, grandma did this with, with her sauce. Mom did this with her sauce. And then I did this with my sauce. And so it's not really just your sauce. It's a little bit of everything. And it comes from the lineage. So I don't know. I, I do feel like it might be it might be some sour grapes as well. And, you know, he's claiming it's a work now. But here's the question where's the payoff like why would this be a work you're not working in wwe you're not involved in the storyline like there's there's no reason for something to be necessarily a work so is he trying to get into wwe trying to create a a storyline to get himself in maybe
1: what's he doing now
0: where is he where's he that's a great question let me pull this up here i have a little bit of uh, a little dossier here Uh, let's see here. All right, Chavo. Chavo Guerrero. Um, It does not look like he is currently with anyone right now. He's not with any promotion.
1: Yeah, so he's probably kicking around the independents. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't say that in a bad way. I'm sure he's doing very well for himself on the independents.
0: Chavo also, I don't know if a lot of people know this, worked on... Um, the Netflix series Glow, the the, um, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Carlito also worked on that show as well. So he's also been a trainer in a lot of ways. Um, So what this says right here in the bio, it says Guerrero has been in all elite wrestling. He was a part of AEW Dynamite. Uh, He was also in Ring of Honor within 2022 as well. Uh, right now, he is uh, currently not signed to any company in particular. As of right now, so yeah, it looks like is kind of doing his own thing. Maybe he is trying to draw up a little bit of interest, but is that a good way to do it, though? Really, I I, do, I, I don't think it is. I think it's it's it just doesn't look good. Um, this was his exact quote here. So he was on the captain's corner podcast and he took issue with once again, what, uh, the butt was saying that he was prostituting out the family name. As far as, um, the Guerrero, he says, I gotta tell you this. I just don't understand why Ray still has to look, we all loved Eddie, but we're not going out with his gimmick and creating it as our gimmick. It was Los Guerrero's gimmick. And he comes out with Los Guerreros. We lie, we cheat, we steal. And everybody's like, oh yeah, let's keep Eddie's memory alive, Chavo said, as he continued in the interview. Um, Now, what I will say is he came out to uh, We Lie, We Cheat, We Steal at WrestleMania. Uh, Snoop Dogg was driving the Lowrider. And then it went into his music. It went into Ray's music afterwards. I mean, I guess in some ways, if Chavo... If this was legitimate emotion, he may feel like some people are trying to live off the name. But I, of all people, Rey Mysterio, who's also a luchador, who had a long run with Eddie, not only in the ring, but in a personal life as well. I think if Eddie was around right now, he wouldn't agree with what Chava was saying.
1: No, I, I don't. I don't know. I just, this strikes me as something strange. I don't know. just something Fooly about that. I don't know what it is, but it's just something.
0: Doesn't it doesn't quite pass the smell test, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean? No, I'm with you. Um, so let's let's continue to talk about people trying to get into WWE. Uh, someone actually did get into WWE on Monday night, and it was the back door. Uh, and that happened to be a man named CM Punk. Butster, uh, did you hear the story as well that CM Punk was actually backstage at Monday Night Raw?
1: Yeah, I heard he got
0: stage. I Heard he got the boot too. He did. What's that say? Uh, well, here's the thing: when it comes to this, Vince McMahon, I think, and, and Vince, by the way, was the man who told him to leave. Also, message got back to him that he needs to leave. Why he was back there, depending on who you listen to, Brian Alvarez, Dave Meltzer, whoever he was raw was in Chicago and he had some time to kill and he decided to stop by the arena and say, Hey to some people. Evidently he talked to the Miz. He talked to triple H. I don't know if he talked to anybody else. Um, I think he wanted to talk to some other people, uh, but Vince ended up telling him he needed to go. So I don't necessarily think it was, CM Punk wanting to get into the good graces but Punk is one of these guys who likes to keep himself relevant keep his name out there and what better way to get people talking about CM Punk you know now that it it is looked upon as he is coming back to AEW whether we like it or not um that's just the way it is and and you know Alvarez and Meltzer were talking about was this kind of a Kind of a publicity stunt in a way. Like, hey, look, I showed up at Raw. But do you think anybody really cares is the bigger question. And he's been gone from wrestling for seven years. He comes back for a year, not even a full year. And now he's going to be coming back again a year older, 44. Do you think there's still all of this interest in CM Punk? Well, two things. First,
1: 44 is not old, Michael.
0: Let's, for let's wrestling, for wrestling. right
1: now um, yeah there's there's always interest for him I don't know why I don't get it personally never been a big CM Punk guy but there's interest he could be wrestling in some hick ass town northern Yukon and there'll be hoopla to it it's just the way he is I don't know why but it is plain and simple he will always generate attention he's got his cult following and that's that so no matter where he goes he will put butts in seats how long that lasts is it worth the headaches that generally are associated with him I don't know uh, it's interesting that he wanted to go to, that he wanted to go backstage in Chicago I get it no he did wrestle with some of those guys so right if he's legitimately just stopping in to see some buddies I don't have an issue with that right I don't know if I'm sure you've gone back to places you've worked before just to see some friends I don't know why I've done it not malicious no ill will just purely going back to see some friends. If that's the case, I get it. But I also see where Vince is coming from. No. He is under a W
0: contract. You don't want that tampering lawsuit or anything.
1: But Ricky Starks was at... um...
0: Good call.
1: What the hell was he at?
0: I want to say it was SummerSlam.
1: Yeah, he was at SummerSlam. He didn't get kicked out. Not that I know of anyhow. So...
0: No, but it There's, didn't look good. It didn't look good on AEW's part.
1: No, to, not at all.
0: To have him there. It was either SummerSlam or the Royal Rumble, one of the two.
1: Yeah, it doesn't look good, but if he's just there to see friends, though, I mean, can you hold... Let's be honest. One thing that's getting forgotten is they are still human beings.
0: Still people, yep.
1: Right? Yeah. I You wrestle for a rival promotion. Fine. But you got buddies that are with... Another promotion. Yeah. So does that mean it's like a gang war mentality? Oh, yeah, we're buddies. But I'm with AEW now, so I can't associate with you. Uh, I don't think that's cool. Right. It, it, in all reality, it's kind of nonsense. It is. Right? Like, you can still be friends. Now, if he's on TV in the front row at Raw or SmackDown or something, I've got an issue. That's not good, but he's in the back just seeing some of his buddies. I don't have an issue with that. If he's pandering for a job, that's a different conversation there. That is,
0: I agree. Um, an update from Mike Johnson of PW Insider. CM Punk was traveling back from Florida um, where he was doing commentary for Cage Fighting Fury Championship. And All the Wrestling uh, is where he is going to be returning to. Evidently, WWE was in his hometown of Chicago. He wanted to go backstage at the Allstate Arena to see some of his former colleagues. Now, Mike Johnson also was stating that Punk decided at some point that it would be a good idea to go back. He wanted to interact and squash any issues he had with The Miz. And he also wanted to squash any issues he had with Triple H Um, And then he said he wanted to talk to the big guy, um, who is Vince McMahon. But roughly 20 minutes after arriving, security approached Punk and informed him that he would not be allowed to remain anymore. The All Elite Wrestling star was respectful of the decision, said his goodbyes, and left without an issue. Now, allegedly, what is being said was uh, Vince McMahon was told that Punk was backstage talking to people, and Vince was the one who did not want him to come up to him talk to him and actually wanted security to escort him out of the building. So that's kind of where we're at right now. Do I think it's a whole bunch of nothing? Yes. Am I a big CM Punk fan? No. Do I think this is overblown? Yes. Um, but again, I feel like in AEW, there's a lot of things that I don't feel like people necessarily follow rules, if that makes sense. I feel like there's a lot of people in AEW, and I don't know if it's just a lack of discipline or it's just there's not that structure within the company where people could just do as they please. Because I think Ricky Starks got talked to about, hey dude, you really cannot be seen on WWE, you know, whether it's backstage or fans see you interacting or something like that, because everyone has a cell phone these days. Everyone's taking these pictures and putting it on Snapbook and FaceChat and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, uh, Mark Henry uh, chimed in. Mark Henry had been a longtime WWE guy. He is now an announcer and a coach over in AEW. He says he believes Punk being backstage at Raw is a bunch of nothing. Here's what he had to say. You know what, man? I've said this before. There's never been a problem, even in AEW. We have wives, husbands, best friends, business partners who come to AEW all the time from all over different promotions. Mark said, you never know unless somebody is trying to go ahead and start some stuff. So at the end of the day, Mark sees it the same way you do, but people are just wanting to socialize with each other. Now, he would go on to make some additional comments about this. It's a great article, which is over on Yahoo Entertainment, brought to you by WrestleZone. Matt Black has that article, if you'd like to read that in his entirety. But uh, no, I, I think this is a whole bunch of nothing. 100%. I just think sometimes people like to talk. And I think sometimes people like to to try to make something more than what it truly is. And that's, look, I, I'm never on going to be on CM Punk's side. But at the end of the day, and and here's the interesting thing. I was thinking about this. And tell me what your thoughts are you remember when he was in the feud with MJF and he was cutting a promo about you're nothing more than a less famous Miz? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if he looks back at that now and says, oh man, you know, Miz really is not that bad of a guy. And I probably shouldn't have said that. And, and I also believe he might've said a couple things that could be construed Torch Triple H, and I think he wanted to squash that. Now, let me ask you this question. Do you think he wanted to squash that stuff and apologize because of just out of his good heart he wanted to apologize, or do you think at some point that that is maybe looked upon as an olive branch to say, hey, look, if this doesn't work out over here, I did come over and say my apologies, or am I looking too deep into this? I think Punk is the type of guy who's always got a
1: motive. I I would like to think that it's just him being a good person, but I think that's bullshit. I I just m- me just my first take on that is there's something to it. It's not just you no. Know, I feel bad about what I said because. If he did feel bad, why would he give a damn? He doesn't work with those guys no more. Nope. Do you think he's hanging out with the Miz or hanging
0: out with Triple H? What does he really have to gain? By showing up. Yeah. And and I'm sure if he wanted to, let's be honest, he either has their phone numbers or could get them.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't be hard for him to get somebody's phone number.
0: And could text him or call him and say, Hey, FYI, I just want to say this. You know what I mean? So, like,
1: I don't. Maybe his hurts in the right place, but history says it's probably not.
0: No, I agree. Um, I think something is interesting here. So, another person who's chimed in on this has been Booker T. And Booker T. said, and I'm not going to go through the entire quote here. Um, But Booker T says, what happens if CM Punk is trying to work both companies? This is his Brian Pillman moment. Um, Obviously, as a lot of people know, the loose cannon Brian Pillman was playing this character. um, He really wanted out of his WCW contract. He wanted to go to the WWF. So he played this wild, crazy character who convinced Eric Bischoff to terminate his contract. And it was on good faith that he would sign a new one. However, he was free to do basically whatever he wanted. So he went to ECW, he did his shtick there, and then eventually he ended up going to WWE, did his shtick there, and eventually got signed while Bischoff was wondering, wait a minute, we did this whole termination of contract because it was supposed to be part of a storyline, but Pillman worked Bischoff into it to basically let him be free and to do what he wanted. And that really led to the, the resurgence of Brian Pullman and what he ended up doing in WWE, which unfortunately, due to his untimely passing, really cut short, I think, what we could have seen out of Brian. But I think some of that crazy loose cannon stuff uh, was really good and edgy. And maybe he is trying to work both companies. I don't know. The thing about pro wrestling is, there's so much rumors and speculation, as as Jim Ross would say. They go together like peanut butter and jelly.
1: Yep. And we also look into stuff too much, too.
0: We do. As wrestling fans, we do. We analyze things. What does this really mean? You know, nothing's face value. No, never. They could be yeah. on
1: Raw next week. Two plus two is four. But the wrestling fans are well, but what do they really mean by two plus two is four? Who's going to be the four members of. <laughs> not, but it was true, though, my. It man. is. No, it, it is. There's no way it could just be, you know, the genius back in the day doing math on the board. Two plus two is four. Oh, what's going on? Are four people going to jump him? Is this got something to do with the Survivor Series? He's going to announce his four teams or four team members. We all do it. I think we're all half-cracked because we're just reading the stuff way too much. And it's just the way it is now. We just can't let things go at straight face value. And as much as we make wise cracks about it, it would be nice just to take things at face value. Just like It would. I'm watching program, whatever it is. And I'm just going to take her for what it is. And such and such a talent said this. They don't mean nothing else. They meant that they're going to kick so-and-so's ass. Period. Let's move on. This is not, nothing more than that. It's just that ship has sailed. Unfortunately at this point, we're too conditioned to always think
0: something's up. True that, man. I'm with you. I agree. Um, kind of continuing with the CM Punk stuff. So there's been kind of a, a rumor going around, and it hasn't been announced by Tony Khan, not to my knowledge, that AEW is adding a third TV show, and it's going to be a Saturday night show. And it's going to be originally, the word was about an hour. But now it very well could be a two-hour show. And it was originally supposed to be slated to be on TBS. However, it looks like it's going to be airing. I don't know if it'll be live, but it will be on TNT. Now, that's what everything is being said right now. I'm curious to know what the rationale is for doing something like this. And I talked to somebody in the wrestling industry and I said, let me get your opinion. Why would this necessarily be something that, that someone would a company or a network would want to put on another show? And th- the way I pitched it to him was I said, look, I don't know what the expectations for dynamite were. I had once been told by somebody in the industry that 500,000 or more would considered a huge success. Now, if, if that is the measuring stick they're doing eight to nine hundred thousand, so that's considered very successful, right? If that's what the the benchmarks were, Rampage has done better. Actually, it was right around the three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand. We've bumped up to six hundred thousand at times, but it's not like you're knocking it out of the park. You know, it's not like oh my gosh, Rampage is getting like a million and Dynamite's getting two million, like WWE where. Yeah, you could warrant a third show, maybe. But but let me ask you this. Even if you're killing it with two different shows, there is such thing as oversaturation, overexposure of a product, where people are now have way too much access to it. So the mystique is kind of taken away. Would you agree?
1: For sure. Now We can look at it two different ways. We actually talked about this. Didn't we talk about this last week or the week before? Something similar to this about the, the possible
0: third show? Yes.
1: Is it they're just trying to get some exposure to their bloated
0: roster? Well, that's a big reason. And there's they also work. the
1: rumor is that nobody wants to work with CM Punk.
0: This is true, this true as well. that a
1: Saturday CM Punk
0: show. Correct. So, basically, Tony Khan's, if you want to believe what we're reading, is that there's two different things. A, there is a very large roster. Not everyone's getting TV time. There are some talent that want more TV time. Who wouldn't, right? You're a wrestler. Chris, you're a wrestler. You're good at what you do. You've honed your craft. You're not getting TV time. You go up to Tony Khan and you say, hey man, like what what can I do? Dark, dark elevation. That's all YouTube stuff. Which is fine, but it's not like TNT. It's nowhere near that. So I think part of it was we need to show more talent. And I think another reason why was because punk has this fat contract. And I think Tony Khan wants to utilize punk to the best of his ability. Why he brings him back. I don't know. Um, There are some people I've talked to who've said punk did pop big numbers and punk did pop some big numbers. But Punk also upset a lot of people backstage, too. So it's one of those six in one hand, half a dozen in the other, right? So you're not really quite sure what's the most important thing, keeping a happy locker room, like like taking care of the people who were there when Punk did what he did, or bringing a guy back who can pop a rating. And I've talked to other people on different podcasts. Those are my, my sources, just to let you know, other people who do these shows. And they were basically just telling me that... Whether we like him or not, he has a lot of name market value, and he can bring eyeballs. But uh, there's a lot of people who also don't want to work with him. So if you're going to bring him back, you can't put him on dynamite, and you're probably not going to put him on rampage either. So you're going to have to have almost this separate island where you can bring him back, utilize him, but nobody that doesn't want to work with him has to.
1: Okay, so look at a couple things, if, if you don't mind. Sure. So they generally record everything Wednesdays. Correct. For the most part. Yes. So if they're going to go that avenue, how in the name of God are you going to record another two-hour show on Wednesday?
0: You can't. because you have
1: to start Wednesday afternoon.
0: You Literally, you would have to because technically they do, I want to say... Dark or dark elevation, then they do dark, then they do dynamite, then they do rampage. So here in Cincinnati, when when Megan and I left, um, you're talking 12 30 at night.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and, and it's a Wednesday,
1: it's a work night.
0: Correct. And there's absolutely no way you're gonna all of a sudden change the set and then record a two hour show. There's no way. No one's gonna be there till two o'clock in the morning when everyone has to be at work, normally by seven or eight. I don't know if it's so, going to be live. I don't know what they're going to do. Okay, so,
1: so we, it's safe to say to assume that that won't work. So you're going to record another night, or you're going to do maybe a live show on Saturday. Night. So now you have your extra production cost. Absolutely, your extra travel, all Correct. that stuff. Because, and the reason I bring that up, how one of the two reasons it won't work to do a Wednesday is a time thing. And how would you have everybody in the locker room at the same time? Unless, as, as foolish as this sounds, Punk gets his own locker room. Just him and his, whatever, his crew, the people he gets along with. and But that just, then you're going to get your, your divide. Yeah. You're going to, and that's just not healthy. No, that's, that's a terrible work environment. I've been in that work environment. It's no good, right? When, when you have a, a divided, well, you know, in that case, locker room, in my case, a divided office, it doesn't work, right? It's short term, sure. You can be mature enough to just basically ignore each other, but you always feel the tension, right? And he's got a reputation of kind of going off the handle. Yeah. So then you just got to wonder, when's he going to go off again? That doesn't work either. That, that just won't fly. It just can't. I don't get it. And where do you think people are going to get the time to watch
0: Mike? Uh, Saturday nights, l- l- let's be honest here. Saturday nights, people go out. Mm-hmm. Movies, dinner, hang out with friends date night sometimes couples you you know this meg megs and i do we we spend time away from the social media and all that kind of crap and the tv we watch a movie we we reconnect and i don't necessarily know if a lot of people on a saturday night are gonna say hey honey let's not go out tonight let's go watch more wrestling because wrestling's on monday nights some tuesday nights for nxt wednesday nights dynamite Thursday nights, I, I don't necessarily think anything's on Thursday nights. Friday nights is SmackDown, and then Saturdays would be AEW again. Sundays are pay-per-views, and then boom, you start the week again. So, this just, there's
1: only so much time people only, only so have. Much so time. much time. I mean, I me personally, I watch Wednesday nights. Yeah, that's fairly religious. So I watch Wednesday nights, right? Or if not, I, I catch it on on DVR. Yep. I, I don't have the time, me personally, to, to put in three hours Monday night, an hour, two hours Tuesday night, right? Well, and not to mention we also do the show. Then you got your two hours Wednesday night. So really the only night that we would, Linda and I would have to do something not wrestling related is Thursday night. Yeah. That ain't going to fly in this house, brother. I'll tell you that right now.
0: That don't work for me, brother.
1: She will (laughs) kill me. Wouldn't you dear? If we watch wrestling five nights a week?
0: Yep. That's all she said was, yep. Most women probably are, they're like, okay, I can tolerate my husband or boyfriend watching wrestling. They would not probably tolerate five to six nights a week of it. It's just not realistic. It's, uh, I don't know. But, no, but no, I mean, I agree with her. I mean, it, also your life doesn't revolve around fucking TV. It, it can't like you're not I living. Live. Yes. Um, I do want to talk about this. So this is an article from the Irish sun. So I'm going international with these articles tonight. So the Irish Sun is saying, Dave Meltzer reports in the Wrestling Observer that CM Punk is scheduled for his debut at AEW Collision, which will be on Saturday, June the 17th. Now, the event is yet to be announced, but it's expected to take place at the United Center in Punk's hometown of Chicago, Illinois. Meltzer wrote in the Observer that the new show is expected to be announced very shortly. Now, it comes under a number of outlets reporting that Punk would be returning around June 21st edition of the AEW's flagship show, Dynamite, which will also be in Chicago. So that could be interesting. You know, obviously, Saturday, June 17th would be collision, but then also June 21st, Dynamite's also going to be in Chicago again. Let me also mention this. There are certain markets that AEW absolutely just goes to way too often. Chicago's one of them. Like, listen, I get it. There's certain places in this country that are like really big on wrestling, but they literally go to the same freaking places. And I feel like that's a big reason why they're not necessarily growing their audience is because let's say, for example, but they come to your town, right? And it's a big show and they sell out, you know, 20,000, right? Let's say three months later they come back. Do you think the people who sold that place out are going to come back three months later and spend that kind of coin again? No, no,
1: they're not. No chance because once, and this is something we've talked about umpteen times kicking a dead horse, it's because it's too goddamn expensive.
0: It's too expensive, amen.
1: It's too rich, yes. No, make your tickets more reasonable yeah i go to a show in toronto every three months or six months however the tickets are not reasonable No, right and it, but you get tired as much as i mean i love aew but if it were here all the time say huh eh, maybe i'm not gonna go this time i'll go to next time because it just gets boring you can't keep going back you need to grow and i think because their numbers are not getting better. No. Right, actually, I think they've gone down a touch. Because they're going to the same places. Why not go tour around in the south a bit? Right? Like Texas. Is wrestling not still huge in Texas?
0: Uh, they do use Texas a lot. I will say that.
1: Not as much as they could. Texas,
0: a lot of places in Texas. Texas is, even, big. Texas is a large state, yes.
1: Right? Yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, what about places like Louisiana and whatnot? Are they big wrestling? Um, Missouri? No, Harley Race ran Missouri forever. He,
0: he did. You I know, think some was, of this
1: a long time ago, but still.
0: Right. I just don't know if there are venues that they would be willing to try to work. I think what they're trying to do, at least I've noticed this when they come into our area, they play smaller houses. They play smaller venues. They—if you've ever noticed when you watch Dynamite, a lot of times they'll say, "Oh, we're live on the campus of yada yada yada." Yeah, it's a college campus. Yeah, I mean, some of these basketball teams aren't the biggest, so they may have a ten thousand seat arena, and what they'll do is it'll be a half house show, so they'll be able to fill five thousand seats. So they're not—they're not going to big places. Now, as to why they haven't gone to some other areas, like, why not South Carolina? You know, why are they not trying to do that? I don't know. It's, it's a very, very good question. But um, I do know for a fact, by talking to some people, that WWE has a, has a good stronghold on certain venues they have relationships with. So if WWE has a strong relationship with an area and a certain venue, um, normally other promotions will not be able to enter that area. So
1: they might not be able to go to that arena or what, but still, you can't tell me in any major city there's not five different venues you can. Have. Oh, there, there's more than one, absolutely right. So, okay, like New York, for example, WWE at one time had the monopoly on MSG Madison Correct. Square Garden, yes, not so much now, I don't think, but at one time they did, yes. So you can't tell me there's not somewhere else you could you could have an event in in New York City Correct
0: or right across the river one of the boroughs you know the Prudential you could go to the Barclays yeah. there's a lot you could go to Newark um, there's a lot of different other places you could go to yes I yeah. agree.
1: I mean that there are other options the. US is a huge country there's a lot of places they could have events at like. Did they ever go to
0: Georgia? I think they tried to go to Georgia during the pandemic. Yeah, I don't know if they've been to Georgia since that. But
1: Atlanta's a huge city, isn't it?
0: It's a it's a pretty big city,
1: right? Wrestling's got to be huge in Atlanta. You would assume that's where WCW
0: was from, right?
1: No TBS. Are they not from there?
0: A TBS, he, yes, they
1: their head offices and whatnot. Correct. No, some of the talent is from now. Is Cody not from there?
0: Well, I guess Cody's gone now, but still, you know, I think Cody was billed from Georgia. Um, here's the thing I don't understand why are they not doing more stuff in Florida? Why are they not going back to Daly's place? I liked Daly's place, yeah, I like that. I mean, what's good, There's lots of
1: places you could go in Florida, right? I mean, if you keep going back to the same place, I get you're doing good gate. You're bringing in money. That's great. But you got to try. Yeah. I'm not saying just throw it all up in the air and see where it lands. No. You know, don't start going to Fargo, North Dakota, with all 17 people who live there. But you no, know, you can broaden it out. Phoenix. Just a random. Phoenix is a fair-sized city. Why not something like that? I don't know.
0: Great questions. You know who the man is in charge of uh, live events and booking places? Who? J E double F oh. J A double R E double T. That's double J Jeff Jarrett. So, so, so A-W need... is going tits up in
1: nine months. Oh god!
0: It's... I I don't even want to think that. Uh, something else I don't want to think about that just makes my brain hurt. Is WWE uh, adding another championship? But let's talk about this. So WWE obviously has the Raw brand. They have the SmackDown brand, right? So right now, Roman Reigns currently possesses both championships. So he possesses the WWE championship and the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship as well. Well, Triple H has wanted to add another championship, ...to have outside of that. So one champion will be on one brand. One champion will be on the other. So on Monday Night Raw, Triple H introduced a brand new championship. It is the World Heavyweight Championship. And a new champion will be crowned at Night of Champions, which will be another show in Saudi Arabia... ...being held on May 27th. Now, who's going to compete in it? All the people will be announced shortly... And the belt itself made its debut on Monday Night Raw. A lot of people on social media had mixed feelings about this new belt. I'm going to ask you this question. First of all, do you feel like it's necessary to bring another championship into WWE? Let's kind of address that first. No.
1: Break up Roman having both belts. Problem. Solved. I agree.
0: I agree. Done. You should never
1: have it to where... One talent has both belts. right? Because that makes the other show seem less
0: important. It does. It it makes it inferior. Yep.
1: Uh, No. Keep them separate. Yes, it it makes Roman, in this case, look more dominant. I have the title from both shows. 100% it does. But that makes one person, you're putting one person over versus if He had a belt and whoever it would be from raw had a belt. They're both over. They both seem more important. I think that's a bit of a mistake there.
0: There's a lot of people who've been discussing the fact that there was this belief system amongst wrestling fans that Cody Rhodes would go into WrestleMania and he would end up winning and then he would end up being a champion. Therefore, Roman Reigns would take some time off, but Cody Rhodes would be the champion. Now, it wasn't determined what championship was going to be on the line, and I think it was going to be the Universal, undisputed Universal Championship that was going to be on the line. But Cody Rhodes didn't win. And I think that actually surprised a lot of people. Well, Road Dog Jesse James, who works in WWE, basically said that he did not think that Cody Rhodes should win the championship and that he really didn't do a whole heck of a lot since he's come back to WWE to actually warrant a championship. He was basically handed everything. When he came back, he waltzed right through the Royal rumble being number what number 30 didn't really have a lot of, uh, setbacks. Now, some people may argue that, you know, the pec issue and in the injury and whatnot, Yeah, but I mean, he had a pretty smooth road all the way to the main event at WrestleMania. I mean, had he been like number one through ten at the Rumble and worked his way all the way, I think that would have been different. But there's also a belief system right now that it was almost as if it was, no, we're not going to give you our championship. You were just the head guy over in another rival promotion why are we going to make you our head guy? You know, you haven't paid your dues since you've come back yet. Do you agree with that statement or that thought process that we're not just going to roll over and give Cody because he was the hot new free agent. He's got to put a little bit more time in if he thinks he's ultimately going to be the next guy in WWE.
1: That is some of these stupidest nonsense I've heard. Why would you bring them back? What's the point? Is it just so you take them away from AEW? Is that all it is? Just to keep talent away? If you're not giving the belt, you bring them back. You get all the TV time. You do all this with them. Like, oh yeah, but we're not going to give you a belt. Yes. Then what's the
0: point? I I agree one hundred percent. I
1: respect Road Dog wholeheartedly. Yes. In my opinion. I think he's incorrect on this one. What What do you want Cody to do? He's had great matches since he came back. Yeah, he got handed a fair bit, but that's how it always happens when you're the hot shot free agent coming in. Right. Now he's the first one. This has happened before. That's why it's going to happen again.
0: Yeah, this he's not. He's to happen the
1: again. Way. You know, I don't see why they would do that, bring him back and not give him a title. I personally think it's a mistake. I mean, you talked about it. I know I've said it on here. I was all in on him winning the title at at Mania. No problem at all. I was convinced if you couldn't talk me out of it, you tried. You could not talk me out of it. I still think the ball got dropped there, personally. I think they would have been better off to, to put the belt on him at this point because you've killed all his momentum now. So now he's got to start from way back and build up again. So what's that going to take another year?
0: Well, I don't know. I, I don't it, It's a little crazy that you would take, and you're right. You, you gave Cody all this TV time. You gave him a ton. You, the, the segment with Paul Heyman and Cody and talking about the history of dusty and, Roman Reigns coming out saying that, you know, Dusty trained him. I mean, you did all of this buildup for what everyone believed to be the coronation of a new guy because the fans knew that Roman Reigns had signed a new contract, which was going to be less time, less travel. So conventional wisdom would say, oh, yeah, well, Cody's going to be that next guy. Then WWE bought him a bus. So he and his wife and his daughter can travel to all together at the same time. They went to the extent of allowing him to be executive producer on the dusty a and documentary. Evidently, he signed a four or five year contract. And Cody said it was the most complex contract he'd ever signed in his life. So they rolled out the red carpet for this guy only to have him wrestle Seth Rollins, beat Seth Rollins three times in a row, tear his peck have this big buildup for him coming back. Waltz is in at number 30 at the Royal Rumble. That's it. And now he's going to WrestleMania. Like it just didn't make sense. And if if you were literally going to make the path that easy, then you should have made him win. But it, it didn't happen. So there are people in the wrestling community, fans, other podcasters, that when they look at this championship, depending on how the draft goes, they think it's almost looked at as a consolation prize if Cody ends up getting the world heavyweight championship, it's almost as if it was, you know what here, this belt's for you. Do you, do you think that it can be seen that way? I mean, do you understand why some wrestling fans may see it? If Cody does get this belt, that congratulations, this is the belt you get. Would, would Cody feel like his story has become complete or do you think he would still feel empty?
1: You would feel empty. It's like getting a participation trophy.
0: Amen. I, th- I thought the same thing. That's
1: all it is. Yes. No, at, at that point, that's really not giving the belt. Rather than do it that way, create this belt that's not really worth two squirts of rat piss, I'd certainly just, just not give it to him. Right. Because it's it's irrelevant at that point. It just doesn't matter. It's a, it's a created belt. Here you go, Cody. You got your belt. You're the heavyweight champion, WWE now. So it, it doesn't have the big payoff. Nope. It doesn't have nothing that you built. And then, you know, what they have your ideas, they have your thought process, which is fine. But what? benefit does this give you you have the story you have everything going you know you have them lose at wrestlemania oh but we're going to give you a belt anyway just here you go carry on just not there's no payoff to it there's no hoopla there's no excitement there's no nothing i don't like it personally
0: i i keep coming back to the concept of i wonder if wwe changed their mind on Cody at one point. You remember, we talked about this as we were leading up to WrestleMania, that there was some speculation going on that maybe WWE had not, they were in love with this concept of Cody coming back, you know? And then all of a sudden it was like, eh, I don't know. They started to get cold feet and then they ended up having Roman win. And it was like, okay, so this whole buildup, this whole Cody Rhodes redemption story ends. Where does it go now? And I had somebody I talked to said, well, wait a minute. Let me make sure I get this right. Maybe Roman Reigns will keep one championship, like let's say the WWE championship or the Universal. That means his other belt would come to Raw. And therefore, Cody could win the WWE championship, which would make sense. No, they're keeping two belts on Roman and they're creating another belt for somebody to win on Raw. Now, it depends on how the draft falls out, right? So if you draft Cody to Raw, you're basically slapping him in the face saying, We're not putting you with Roman anymore. We definitely do not see you having the abilities and the star power to overtake Roman Reigns. But if they do draft him to SmackDown, Maybe that can continue. I have no idea because Cody's in a feud right now with Brock Lesnar and, and that whole, that whole thing is a weird complex thing as well. So I was talking to another person. They said that the Fox network is very big and they're very happy with things that are happening on Friday night SmackDown. They would not want to lose Roman Reigns. So Roman ain't going to go anywhere. He ain't going anywhere. He's going to stay on SmackDown he's going to have his two belts. Where do you think Cody's going to go? Do you just try to put him on SmackDown and restart this whole thing all over again or do you think How at do this you point restart it, Mike? I, I, that's a great question. I have no idea.
1: Right. Look, if you put him on SmackDown, where do you
0: go? I I guess I would assume you would have him go after Solo Sokoa. For his involvement. But wouldn't that make sense. That he would have come out on Raw. After Wrestlemania and said. Um, Solo Sokoa. I'm coming after you. You did this. You screwed me out of my opportunity. And you think he would automatically go into a feud with him. Yes. But that so didn't now happen. you have
1: him removed from the bloodline. Altogether. Right now. So he's feuding with Brock. How do you work him back in. With the bloodline. If. He goes to Raw. Okay, let's just play Devils. Let's have some fun here. Okay. He goes to Raw. Yes. So he's done with the bloodline altogether. Yes. We ran Cody off. You did.
0: Absolutely, you did.
1: That's exactly why it is. They ran him off. Yep. They ran him out of SmackDown. How does that look for him? Doesn't look good. So then you're going to have him go from... No, all the hype, all the hoopla, losing at WrestleMania, getting thrown into a story I don't get, program. I I don't understand it. And now he's going to leave and go to Raw. So now you're completely letting him thrown in the air. I get it, yes, with the draft. You you come up with new storylines and whatnot. That's one of the few good things of the draft. But you have him go straight into the title picture in Raw and then he wins that title. That's not really worth a lot. You know, it, it shows that the bloodline is dominant and Cody is second rate, unfortunately. That's, that's the image you're going to get. Okay, you leave him on SmackDown. Now what do you do with him? Uh, at, at this current time. It's hard to start up the feud with Sokoa right now, because they're separate. No, like, I don't know how you make that happen now. Right. Does it, you know, you have Sokoa do a run in, in a match with Cody versus Brock, just to say, Hey, we're still putting the screws to Cody. I don't, I know I'm stretching Mike.
0: No, I know. It, but but it, I, I don't
1: know where else to go. Like I, I just don't get it. I don't understand. The worst thing they could have done was not give Cody the belt. I agree. You could have opened up so much positive with giving him a belt. Even if it was a three-month run, you could have created more storylines. Now, what's going to happen with the bloodline? Who are they going to feud with? Where are you going to go with that? Like, how far can you go with, with KO and, and Sami Zayn? Yeah, that's the Russo's, but what's Roman going to do? Where do you go? Is Solo Sokola going to turn on Roman because he's sick of his shit or something? I don't know. But still, what are you going to do with Cody? Cody's dropped down. He's fuming with Brock. Don't me wrong. Brock's a superstar. But how do you go forward? If he goes over Brock, now what do you do with him? If Brock goes over Cody,
0: what do you do with both of them?
1: I, I just don't know where you go from here. I can't wrap my head around her.
0: I, I am just as confused as you are because you had an opportunity in front of you to do it. And like you said before, there's an easy out. If it doesn't work out after a few months, simply go ahead, have a rematch. He then drops the belt, whatever, and then we move on. I I just, I'm befuddled at some of these decisions. Now, there was a report that came out that Triple H has wanted to bring back um, the big gold, the World Heavyweight Championship, the WWE version of what the WCW world title used to be, which was originally given to him, like hand given to him, if you remember, by Eric Bischoff. And Triple H just became this World Heavyweight Champion. And I'm never a big fan of, of people just giving people belts. I think that's just weird but I don't know where you go from here because if you do that with the Cody Rhodes character you've basically told Cody and the WWE universe we don't think you're in the same category as Roman however we did bring you back we did build you up so now we got to do something with you so here we just made this new belt I, I just he's, he's at that point he's a mid-carder you have shot yourself in the foot, right? And Cody's better than
1: that. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I just think this is a mess at this point.
0: Let's Let's talk about things that are a little crazy and might be a little mess. We'll We'll, we'll come back to this Cody Rhodes stuff a little later on. WWE is heavily teasing the idea that Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn could split up um, from the draft. Now during a backstage segment, Sami Zayn tried to talk some sense into Jay Uso. And asked him what would happen if they didn't win the tag team titles on Friday. Sammy warned about the repercussions that would happen from Roman Reigns if that happened. Jay turned it around and told Sammy and Kevin that Kevin Owens is going to turn on him. Right now WWE is teasing that there is a chance that they could be teasing the splitting up already shortly after WrestleMania of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. In fact, later in the show, they had Sami, KO, and the returning Matt Riddle in a room. KO got upset at Sami when he learned that Sami was talking to Jay Uso again. Kevin Owens wondered why Sami cares so much about what happens with Jimmy and Jay. Since they won the tag team titles at WrestleMania, WWE has continued to tease Owens and Zayn breaking up, despite the fact that KO and Sami reunited just before WrestleMania. Uh, If you go over to Wrestling News on their Twitter, you can see the exact clip. So let me throw this out here at you now. Would you be willing right now, if you were WWE, to take the tag titles off of Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens this soon after you put all that time into building them back up? Now you're just going to bust them back apart again? Is it just me or is that a little confusing?
1: That is another foolish move. Uh, Sammy and KO together is dynamite. Don't get me wrong. You have them wrestle against each other. That's that's going to be a good time, too. But you you got the belts on them. Why just have it blow up this quick? It just goes back to, so what was the point of the WrestleMania? Correct. Right. You, you just made WrestleMania look less relevant. Correct. Uh, no. They're great in the ring. The, the Two of them in the ring. You could put them in with anybody. It's going to be a good match. Right, they're, they're amazing. Why break them up? Uh, at this point. If you want to break them up a little bit down the road. And have them feud with one another. Yeah, I'll give you that one. That'll be fun. Because they're just going to have great matches together. But not right now. It's too soon. It just doesn't make sense. You got to give them a run as the champions. Unless they just assume that they cannot get any traction as champions and that the belts have got to be back on the Usos because that's where they're going to go. That's who will get the belts off Sammy and KO is going to be the Usos.
0: That's the thing that, okay, so let's talk about that for a second. That's the part that kind of gets me. Like you said before, you're basically making WrestleMania irrelevant. If you all of a sudden you brought these guys together. I mean, remember the, the road to WrestleMania Kevin Owens uh, was not really high on Sami Zayn because of what the bloodline did to Kevin Owens. Right. And Sammy Zane really didn't do anything in return. Finally, Sammy uh, said enough's enough at the Royal rumble. And that's when he obviously hit uh, Roman Reigns with the chair, which kind of set everything off into motion but you brought them together. They hug Kevin Owens said that he's his brother. And it was this magical moment. It was very much kind of like, and I'm talking about the moment, not the people in this situation. Um, when Eddie and Chris Benoit hugged each other, when they won both championships in WWE, it was, it was a moment, right? WrestleMania 25. And. Uh, to just blow it up and say, Oh, it's not really going to work. It's just weird. And then I, I find it interesting. You make a really interesting point. So you think when they do decide to take the tag titles off of them, that they're going to go back to the Usos. The Usos are the ones that are going to be the next champions. Yes. Do you do you feel that there is anybody else in the tag division that's even worthy of being in the, the conversation of being tag team champions? Or do you think that... Their tag division is not strong. Would we agree with this?
1: For sure,
0: it, it, it's not strong. So, and I think that's why they decided to do the whole Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn thing because it's like, well, who else are we going to put the belts on? Um, Chad I Gable do. and Otis. You're an Otis guy. Would you Would you want to see Otis? Who, uh, Otis's tag team partner is um Chad Gable. Chad Gable, yes. Shorty G. was that what they called it? Yeah, I'd watch it. Do you, do you think they're on the same level as drawing tickets? No, not a chance.
1: Yeah, it's a pure selfish thing. Hundred percent, it's me being selfish. But no, right. um, who could? Um, Ricochet and
0: Braun—they're
1: not a true tag team per se, but
0: um, well, Braun Strowman right now is out. Uh Braun Strowman is dealing with a concussion as well. I'll give you an update on Braun Strowman in a second. Um, but let let's let's kind of go down that rabbit hole right now. Who could be who could be a tag team that might be somebody that would be worthy? And I have a tag team in mind right now that I really like, and that's the Imperium. I like them a lot, and I love Gunther. Well, we know. And I'm like, dude, that, that would be a faction that could rival the bloodline. I mean, just I mean, if they had going back and forth. Um, you have Shelton yeah. Benjamin and Cedric Alexander. Would that be a team? Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows. What's going on? They're getting nothing. They're, they're, I, have, I have not seen them since they returned. What happened? I have no idea. It's a great question. I have no idea what's going on with Carl Anderson and, and Luke Gallows. Um, What about the Judgment Day? Could they become a faction that could win the tag team titles? No. I mean, I hate the Viking Raiders. War Raiders, whatever. The Viking Raiders, Eric Ivar and Valhalla, uh, Sarah Logan. Yes. Um, They got
1: an interesting look.
0: They're good in the
1: ring, especially for two big men. Yeah. They're very good in the ring. I don't know if you're going to have your mainstream appeal. I don't know. I like watching them wrestle. Right? I might be in the minority there, but I enjoy watching them wrestle.
0: Um, Let. I just, I don't know who necessarily, and I guess it, it kind of makes your point even more accurate that, well, they are going to have to go back to the Usos because who else has the star power that could take the belts and keep this thing going? Who Who is it? Who is out there that could either be ideal babyfaces or awesome heels? And right now, I feel like when you look at the tag division, the tag division in WWE looks like it's just a bunch of people put together. Mm-hmm. Like outside of the Street Profits and outside of the Alpha Academy, right? Yep. So you have... The OC, which is AJ Styles, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, and then Mia Yim. AJ Styles is coming back from a broken ankle. He's looking to be cleared sometime soon. Uh, Maxima male models. I mean, I don't know if that's... Hit Row, I don't see them getting anything. No. The Latino World Order. No. Los Lotharios. Nope. The Brawling Brutes. Which is Seamus Butch and Ridge Holland.
1: I could I could deal with that.
0: Okay. I can I can potentially accept that. Now you do know that um there's rumors right now that Big E has been cleared and that he would be coming back in the form of the new day.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yes. Well, we're gonna talk about him in our next segment because if you're going to put the tag titles on somebody, how awesome would it be if you bring Big E back with the New Day? That music hits. Dude, they could be over like you wouldn't believe. And we talked about this. Anytime someone comes back, there's going to be that immediate spike. Yep. He already is super over and popular to begin with. But, I mean, that whole, that trio right there, I could see them becoming tag team champions again. That could be something that we should think about.
1: Well, you're just recycling what's the problem here, Mike.
0: But unfortunately, there's there's nothing else you can do but recycle at this point. I mean, okay. Point, you have to do something. Okay, let me, let me ask you this. The Street Profits. Yep. I, I thought they were a great tag team. Unfortunately, WWE Creative does not see a whole lot in uh, Angelo Dawkins. They see a lot in Montez Ford, yep. especially after what he did in Elimination Chamber. Mm-hmm. So you're probably going to push Montez Ford as more of a singles guy. What do you do with Angelo Dawkins? I don't think you're going to have the street profits as a unit as much anymore because you're going to have Montez Ford moving on. So you could basically take them out of the equation because I don't see them actually sticking together. You're, you're going to have to do the recycle job. Their tag division is not that good.
1: Well, I, I agree they're not that good. 100% I agree with you. But man, if th- it just gets old. It does when it's, and this is not just a slight at, at WWE. That's anybody, any organization. If it's just your same talent as the champion over and over, you're like, come on, I'm tired, I'm done. Can we not see the belt on somebody else? It, I don't know. I, I agree with you. Yes, the tag division is not strong. But there's got to be something. Surely, God, I don't know what the answer is, but there's got to be something you can do, Mike.
0: I think I think you're either going to go the Imperium. I think you can go um, Judgment Day. Uh, I don't know. The Brawling Brutes, maybe. I'd but be they- to say them over
1: um, Judgment Day, for sure uh is Imperium over enough as a tag team?
0: I don't think so, but I think they're a great faction and I'm a big fan of, of all three of them. so maybe I'm just a Homer for them, but I think that they've got the chops and they they have what it takes.
1: Right. I me personally, I would go with to Brawling brutes over Imperium. okay right I I just I think Sheamus is the same as you. you like Gunther. Yes. I think Seamus is amazing. I think Pete Dunn is underrated.
0: Oh, my God. He's so underrated.
1: Nobody ever talks about him, right? So I'd like to see them get a little bit of traction. That's just me. I can see why you would say no. 100% I can see it. But I just... it just gets old, but it's the same talent all the time. You basically fall into the the Charlotte Flair
0: issue. It does. You just keep going back to the right. well.
1: Now, at a certain point, fans are like, "Christ, not again! Please don't do this to us again. We've seen this story." I don't know.
0: Uh, I just don't know what the answer is. Because here's he, okay. Here's what I was I was thinking. First of all, you do. You should you should give KO and Sammy a decent title run. Now, however long decent is, that's in the eyes of the the creative powers. But they deserve to do that. Because if you literally made it about a one-night thing, and then by the next pay-per-view, they're gone, people are going to look at that as like, why? Why should I be invested in these people when you yourself don't even invest in these characters? But... You could do something with KO and Sammy. Tell me if you agree with this. You know how they had the mega powers and they had a whole year of Hogan and Savage and they were the mega powers and they were this tag team. But then all of a sudden, very subtle, you saw the different cracks in the foundation instead of already going right to the cracks in the foundation. Why couldn't you just keep everything just happy, go lucky, everything's going well. And then slowly, build up the cracks and then maybe you know the royal rumble next year they lose the tag titles and then obviously it sets up them colliding at wrestlemania as a long-term storyline right mm-hmm. i think that would make sense am i crazy in that thought process or
1: no i, I think that is way better than, than what's being kicked around now one thing i will throw out so the knight of the champions or whatever it's called Yes. Saudi show? Yes. So they plan on having every title. Yes. Sammy and KO won't be there. No, they won't. How do you have every title without the, the tag champions? Guys.
0: This is good. This so is does good that mean point. they're going to break that them
1: up? I don't know, Mike. It's just that was, it's well known. Sammy will never go there. Correct. Right, and KO will never go there. They want nothing to do with it, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They yeah. made that very clear. WWE so, is advertising as every title will be defended.
0: So do you think they're teasing this right now to eventually have them drop the titles? But see, here's the thing, though. Let's say they drop the titles before Night of Champions, right? hmm a, who they drop the titles to, and then all of a sudden, who gets an immediate title shot that fast? May 27th is going to roll around pretty damn quick. So you're going to have two title changes, potentially?
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, this is another weird situation here. I, I don't understand.
0: Let's talk about things that have been weird, um, but potentially may be getting a little bit better. Yahoo Entertainment is reporting Big E is feeling great physically, but he still isn't sure about his future inside the squared circle in the WWE. Now, WWE superstar Big E was recently a guest on the Battleground podcast to discuss a wide variety of subjects. Now, when he was asked about the status of his neck, Big E revealed he recently had scans following WrestleMania 39. So he'll be sitting down with doctors soon to discuss what is next for him. In a quote, Big E said, yeah, well, it's a complicated fracture. You see, I broke my C1 in two places. It's known as a Jefferson fracture. That's what they say it's called. It just takes a little bit more time to heal, Big E said. So we did our one year scans. It's a little bit better. Now after WrestleMania, so we're just going to have to sit down and wait and see what's going to be happening next. But from my perspective, I'm just grateful that I'm where I am right now. I feel great. I have no fracture issues. There is no pain. I've been in the gym since two weeks after I broke my neck, and I'm feeling great. I'm grateful for everything, and it's obviously my neck and it is a certain condition I'm just going to have to deal with when it comes to the rigors of being in the ring on a nightly basis. Now, there is some belief system within WWE that he will get eventually cleared to wrestle in WWE again, and they're already talking about potential people that he could be wrestling against. Um, what, What do you think about all of this? I mean, if you're Big E, do you think that you even attempt to come back, or do you think because he seems like he's an intelligent dude, he doesn't seem like he's just this guy who's like, "Well, oh, it's wrestling or nothing." What What do you think? Uh, I'd like to see him come back,
1: and it's purely because I enjoy watching him wrestle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The only way I want I would like to see him come back is if he can come back and be. Pretty much 100%. Coming back from a broken neck, that can't be easy. One would assume it's a broken neck. Right. But you have to weigh out your your pros and cons on this. Is this something that's going to continually cause him issues? If that's the case, no. I I don't want to see him come back. You don't want to see him come back as less of a talent than he was. Right. But I... I'm, I'm very partial or selfish in saying I want to see him come back just because I, I like watching him wrestle.
0: He's really good.
1: Pure selfish reasons. Reality, the smart would be maybe come back as a manager or something with New Day. I could see him do that. He's pretty charismatic guy. He's a funny dude. Go that route. Maybe get into training or just retire. He's done well, I would imagine, at this point. He's been around a while. You would think he's made a couple dollars. Just start doing with the, the autograph circuit and the meet and greets and all that stuff, and hopefully he's invested well and he's he's got some cash in the bank. That's, I think, the smart, the thinking man's answer. But the selfish answer is I want to see him back because I enjoy watching him wrestle.
0: Well, Sportskeeda has an article, and they are stating that WRKD Wrestling recently reported that WWE has received a huge pitch for WWE's Big E's return. So WWE right now is saying if he ends up getting cleared, we want to have plans in place for him immediately. Now, the plans are, as it was reported, that if he comes back, the New Day, the trio, would end up starting a feud with Imperium which will focus on being a two-time intercontinental champion. Gunther would be the main focus of that. However, ringside has also reported that the creative team has not been informed of anything regarding big E. Now, as far as Xavier Woods, he recently lost to Gunther while Kofi Kingston has no timetable for his return from his current ankle injury. So you're not going to bring big E back. If you're not going to bring all the new day guys back. And I think If there's an ankle injury with Kofi Kingston, if basically right now Xavier Woods lost to Gunther, so he's already down one peg to the Imperium, you got to think they're not going to do something unless they get word that Big E is not only cleared, but he's going to be coming back. I think that would be a pretty good feud for both stables to get into. And then obviously slowly work maybe New Day back into the tag title picture because outside of the Usos, would you agree New Day would be the only team that we can think of that would literally be over from the second they walk in the building?
1: Oh, for sure. They walk in, that music hits, people are popping, they're throwing pancakes out into the crowd and waffles and they're they're, they're doing the, the... the tuba thing or whatever that thing was called, and yes, you no know, the the bootios and look at you, you're, like you're a big a new day guy. They're entertaining. It's they just are. a pure entertainment. Yes, right. If you don't get excited when they come out, turn it off. I agree. They're they're just the way it is. They will get you pumped. They seem to be three genuinely nice guys. You know, everybody gets behind Kofi whenever he wrestles, right? Uh, yeah. If they came back, the place pops. I could deal with that. I could 100% deal with that coming back. I Yeah, no problem at all.
0: So hopefully we end up getting some type of information here on what's going to be happening with them because... I don't know. I think it's it's gonna be very interesting. Very interesting. Have you ever watched your YouTube channel? The up, up, down, down thing? I have not. Yeah.
1: Well, nor have I.
0: Wonder if it's anything. I was <laughs> <laughs> curious. That was your intro. Hey, have you ever watched this? And I'm thinking you're gonna I'm gonna say, No, you come back with, oh, by the way, it's yada yada yada. No, I hadn't watched it either. <laughs>
1: Well, I was looking for your input to see if I should spend some of my quality time watching it.
0: I'm telling you, you should spend your quality time watching All excess, AEW Backstage. Okay.
1: you contact my local cable provider and tell them, get this on TV, the butt wants to watch it.
0: I should say it just like that. You should. The butt Rather wants to watch it.
1: Go to hell. Click. And that's it.
0: That's all she wrote.
1: Pretty much. Just
0: Um, don't tell
1: him my real name. Because I don't want you saying something dumb to disconnect my cable or something. No, I'm
0: not going to say anything. No. Okay.
1: Tell him my name is Brandon
0: Brown. (laughs) (laughs) I would say your name is Liam Savage. Um, Let's talk about somebody right now in WWE who has been out of action. But he really got a big push when he came back to WWE. And he was uh, a target of Triple H. And that's Braun Strowman. Uh, Ever since returning to WWE last September, Braun Strowman has maintained a steady presence on the WWE SmackDown brand, especially since he became partners with Ricochet. Unfortunately, he has been out with injury as well. He is currently suffering from a concussion, which he is continuing to feel symptoms from. Now, PW Insiders reporting, Strowman suffered the concussion recently and is keeping him on the sidelines. Now, it's believed that it occurred recently on a Friday night smackdown in a tag team match against the Viding Raiders. He and Ricochet were scheduled for rematches. Unfortunately, those had to be canceled because of uh, Strowman's inability to perform. Let me throw this at you. I'm not going to make this a long segment. Braun Strowman, he left WWE. He did that whole control your narrative with EC3, which was like all these. I don't want to call them rejects, but everybody who's cast off, and they're like, ah, oh, well, you people have been saying all these things about us, but we're going to control the narrative. What do you think about Braun Strowman? Do you you feel like he is still the monster among men? Or do you feel like his best days were when he was with the Wyatt family?
1: No, I, w- I wouldn't say his best days were when he was with the Wyatt family. I think he was probably a big player with the Wyatt family. He did better after them. Um, he does. They don't seem to know what to do with him right now. They don't. Like, he's a big monster like that's monster a monster among men. And he said, well, he's a monster among men. Big, strong man. The red pants got to go, though. you got to give up on those things. The red, you know, they red just, he seems like he's just treading water. Right? There's no direction. Nobody's sure what to do. That's why he's stuck him with Ricochet. Right? Not just, you know working with Ricochet is a bad thing but I don't think they had anything for either one of them. I agree. Which is ridiculous. Right? They're both amazing, but they're just lost in the shuffle.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? But no, his best days are not behind him. He's just There's lots of life left in him.
0: Well, I think it's interesting because I cannot say with 100% that I think that Braun Strowman is long for WWE and I know that obviously they're probably not going to cut people when they are on the injured list, but I don't think that he's going to be around for much longer. Um, I want to talk about the post WrestleMania cuts. Now I know we teased it and I know a couple weeks ago we talked about some people that we could hypothetically see getting cut, but I definitely want to readdress that because I think that's a really interesting topic um, I told you Nick Khan said that he wanted to make WWE much more streamlined. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, and you gave your thoughts on who you think potentially could get cut in WWE. Mm-hmm. Have your thoughts changed at all as far as who you think could get cut? Have it, you know, maybe, oh, you know what, I'm rethinking this. Maybe nope. maybe this person won't get cut. Are you thinking, yeah, this is pretty much the way I see it?
1: Well, that's just how I feel. Um, no, I stand by my, by the people I picked. Right, it's just cause especially one prime example is Bray.
0: Yes, I don't see him and at all. Like it's
1: just nothing. It's there's nothing. Right. So why would you keep him? He's probably making good money. Yes, one would assume. And what's he really done? The Mountain Dew match? Really? What else has he done? Nothing. So would you keep a big ticket talent on the on your payroll for not much? Not, no return? Right. So you're better off letting him go. Right. Um, of course, now I'm having a brain cramp, and I can't think of anybody that I picked.
0: I think um, you said Baron Corbin as well.
1: Yeah, Baron Corbin, just because he's not... And I love Baron Corbin, but I, right. I could see him getting let go because he's lost, lost as well. He's just he's lost his way, we'll say. They're not really using him for much, so I could see him getting let go. Um,
0: uh,
1: Shotzi Blackheart. <laughs> we all think, know that you're uh, definitely
0: not a fan of Shotzi Blackheart.
1: I think the rain's on the wall there. Right, she's she's gonna be gone.
0: What about um, what about Dexter Loomis? Yeah, I
1: could see it. I mean,
0: he's once
1: again. He's they brought him back. He's got a good look. You know, guy can wrestle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where is he? What's going on? I haven't seen him. So what the hell's the point of having my on your roster?
0: What about Dolph Ziggler? Oh Michael. No, he stays. And the only reason I say Dolph Ziggler, the reason why I say Dolph Ziggler is, how interesting would it be if you put Dolph and his brother together in AEW? Now, I think that might be interesting. Just saying. Uh, you so did mention... in one more talent,
1: so then they'll only have... 740. Okay. Okay.
0: AWM. Point made. Point made. You said you think they could get rid of Elias. You you would.
1: Yeah, that would make me sad, but I could see it.
0: Um. I like Elias. Who else did we say? I'm trying to look here really quickly. You think Eric and Ivar will probably stay?
1: I hope so. My God, I hope so.
0: Well, let me ask you this. I know he's injured right now. I'm Well, what do you think about Johnny Gargano? Do you think he could Johnny be a casualty?
1: Oh, no. They'd be foolish to let him go. However, would... if he goes, I will totally contradict myself here right now. I hope to God he goes to AEW. Yeah? Oh, buddy. You think of the matches he could have over
0: there? He could. All right. They're just going to let somebody go. Uh, carrying cross. Yeah.
1: Another guy's
0: completely irrelevant. Just getting wasted.
1: And it's unfortunate. He's good. Mm-hmm. Great. Little, good wrestler. Right. Great, great valet, And nothing's really happening.
0: You know, I was thinking about this, this individual and I thought, man, I really think he's made the most of his opportunity since he's been in WWE. And that has to be, um, oh, my God, the Maximum Males guy, Max Dupree. Or not Max Dupree, I'm sorry, L.A. Knight. What was L.A. Knight's name when he was in um, TNA? you
1: asked me this before, Eli something?
0: Yes, Eli Drake maybe? Yes, Eli Drake. Okay, I think he very much could be a big deal. I think they could work him into being a big player. And what I mean by that is, like, potentially in the WWE championship, like, conversation. Really? Oh, my God, yes. When when I was reading that there's a chance that they're going to start working him into the, in the equation, I loved hearing it. Um, another guy who I think is amazing, Madcap Moss. Yes. Oh, my God, that guy's so good. He's young. He's got the great body. Uh unfortunately, you know, the injury was a was a shitty thing to happen, but I think he has got all the talent in the world and I would love to see him uh get a big push. Um I would love to see Montez Ford get a good push. You know, I think he would be really, really good. He's getting he's getting. He's getting push. he's getting no worries there. about it, he's getting. Um I don't know. I, I don't know if there's anybody else I necessarily would say that I would be surprised if they cut because I'm going through the list right here and I don't think there's anybody else who I think would would get cut. What about um,
1: Matt Riddle?
0: Oh, they just brought him back. I know that. Would they cut Matt Riddle? Uh, if Matt Riddle got cut. Would you want to see him go? Where would you want to see somebody like Matt Riddle go?
1: Hmm. Impact? Impact would be good. Impact would be fantastic.
0: By the way, Impact Wrestling, we're going to talk about them. That's a damn good company right now.
1: They're getting more shit together.
0: They are, and I'm telling you right now, people better watch out because Impact Wrestling puts on some of the best matches they have a locker room that is so cohesive right now. I think the biggest problem with Impact is where they're located as far as on television. I think if they had a halfway decent shot at being on a decent network, I think they'd be pulling in numbers that are not that far off from NXT. And I, it I on
1: um, the Game Show channel or Game TV or some damn thing.
0: You've seen them on that one?
1: Yeah, that's where that's where I see it every once in a while. Oh my yeah. god. It's bad.
0: People people don't well, for watch the longest
1: time to... you can only watch it on um YouTube. There for a while. that's the only time I only place I could watch it.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's so... kind of the way the old cookie crumbles. I mean they, they just they just have not caught a break when it comes to, to scheduling and programming, but no. it is what it is with that.
1: Their best run was when they were on Spike.
0: Yes. I would agree with that. Um, So we we, we definitely see some people who could get cut. Some people who may surprise us that get cut. Um, I do see cuts coming. I definitely see them coming. Let me ask you this question. This is this is going to sound a little weird, but um, Braun Breaker, do you feel like, I think for the longest time... We thought Braun Breaker was going to be just headed for stardom because he had the the pedigree behind him. He had the name behind him. But now, all of a sudden, you know, he dropped the NXT championship. And we thought, well, anytime someone drops a championship on one show or whatever, they're, they're probably going to be called up. And he very well could be called up, but he hasn't yet. The thing that really gets me about Braun Breaker is Do you feel like the issues with his dad might be negatively affecting WWE's thought process of maybe putting him or pushing him because there might be a negative backlash because he's the son of somebody who went off and said all those comments about Giselle Shaw?
1: I hope not. I mean, he's Scott Steiner's nephew. And Scott's done some... Less than upstanding things. Yes. And the have had a reputation for years and years of being bullies and knuckleheads. And so I, I don't think so. I hope not. Listen, you can't fault him for what his dad did. Now, if he's got the same ideology and he runs off at the mouth like his old man does. Yep. Done. Let him go. You've never heard of anything? I've I've never heard of anything bad said about him. Uh, he's a great wrestler. Uh, yeah, I hope they don't hold against him what his dad did. You, you can't punish him for what his dad did. That's not fair.
0: Well, I can't be guilty by association.
1: But one thing... I'm glad you brought up the, the Rick Steiner thing. I Man, that was a scumbag move. That was, that was just bad. You got your feelings, that's fine, but... You don't act like that. That's just... You're just a shitty person. But the video that was posted online of a guy asking Rick about why he said it.
0: You mean when he was was in the airport? I think it was with Lex Luger.
1: And then for some reason, this moron starts making it look like Lex had something to do with it. Correct. Asking Lex about it. I have not heard anything about Lex being involved or saying anything.
0: No, he didn't. I, I, to my knowledge...
1: Why did you do that? Why? Yes, they're traveling together. They're probably on the same flight. Who knows? But you don't lump him with it because it made Lex look bad. And Lex has sorted his stuff out over the years. I mean, he's a Christian and all that good stuff now. I mean, Lex didn't say nothing bad. Don't make it look like he had something to do with it. I don't think that was the right thing for that person to do.
0: Now, the only thing I can think of, and I'm, once again, I'm not I'm not putting this on Lex, but I guess Giselle did say that there were other quote-unquote legends that were at the table and didn't speak up. So I don't know, and they did not say anything specifically, but I don't know if, if that could be alluding to him or not, so.
1: Yeah, but just because he didn't speak up, and he probably should have if he did. Right. But what's Lex gonna say to Rick Steiner?
0: Rick, and he's in I a wheelchair.
1: An asshole, or I'm gonna slap the shit out of you. Right. Okay, Lex. Let's see how that works out for you. So, no that that's just that was wrong. I don't care what anybody says. That was wrong. It never came out that Lex said nothing. Leave him be. Leave him out of it. That was just dirty, in my opinion. Anyway, that's my second rant of the night. No, let's I, see I, where I, we go I, from here.
0: I I like your rants. Um, let's go ahead and let's let's turn our attention uh, over to Impact Wrestling. Um, we, we've been talking about how we think their shows are really really good and obviously since Josh Alexander had to vacate the world championship over there, Josh Alexander is a phenomenal talent. And I think there was a time when Cody and Brandy Rhodes were trying to get Josh into AEW, but there's something about impact wrestling, but that people are very loyal to like, they might not make the most money and they might not be on the best TV channel they might not get a lot, of, whole lot of ratings or a whole lot of people in the venue to watch them, but there's something uniquely about Impact Wrestling right now under Scott Damore that people just feel this loyalty to. And it almost, to me, feels like the loyalty that wrestlers in ECW had to Paul Heyman. They weren't really always getting paid. They were working long hours in not the best uh, venues, and a lot of them still had full-time jobs. And it was just, but people are loyal to impact wrestling. And when Josh had to drop the title because of an injury and they ended up having, you know, a world championship match and Steve Macklin ended up winning that Steve Macklin, in my opinion, is one of those guys who really changed things. He really redefined himself as a wrestler. Now for some of you guys who might not be super familiar with impact wrestling, let me just give you a quick little recap on who Steve Macklin is. So he started his career out in 2013. He basically was uh, a young and up and coming guy, a lot of uh, athletic abilities. He went to the monster factory. So that's all you need to know about his training. He was in WWE for seven years. Um, He was in NXT. He was uh, training at the performance center. So he was doing a lot of stuff with WWE down there. But unfortunately, things just never really panned out, and he ended up getting an opportunity after he got released to go ahead and go to Impact Wrestling. Once he went to Impact Wrestling, obviously, you're not going to be getting as much money as you used to. Granted, you don't make a whole lot of money at uh, NXT either. He continued to have different types of matches with Jonathan Gresham and Eddie Edwards and really showed himself uh, with Rhino as well. And all of a sudden you started to get this feeling that this guy who spent so much time in WWE and really wasn't noticed, he changed his appearance. He changed a lot of aspects about him. He really fine tuned himself. That's a lot like a drew McIntyre. Remember drew McIntyre Mm -hmm. went to WWE. Things didn't really work out for him. Then he went to impact wrestling. Now he's back in WWE. It's, It's like one of those things where it's like, Oh wow, people can leave uh, Titan towers redefine themselves and really become a better version of themselves away from WWE. Um, and then obviously most recently after he had to, um, meaning Josh Alexander had to relinquish the championship February 24th at no surrender. Macklin defeated Brian Myers, PCO and Heath Slater. Um, in a four-way match to become the number one contender for Josh Alexander's championship, and at March 24th, Sacrifice, Mackin replaced uh, Alexander and teamed with Rich Swan and Frankie Kazarian against the uh, Motor City Machine Guns, and had a great match there as well with Kashida. And then on April 16th, uh, he defeated Kashida in a match to determine who was going to fill the vacant championship uh, from Josh Alexander. Dude is an amazing wrestler. If you have not heard him on the mic, if you have not watched him wrestle, you absolutely need to make sure that you're putting time into watching Steve Macklin. Um, I do not think, and this kind of goes along the lines, but with almost like a Becky Lynch, somebody who was in the wings, they were waiting, right? They were ready. And then when opportunity knocked, they stepped through that door. And Steve Macklin right now is living his best life in wrestling. And he is as dominant as somebody that I've seen in a long time. Any thoughts, just your take on some things about Steve that, you know, stand out to you?
1: Uh, first, it's refreshing. Just, uh, we spoke about a couple of segments ago. It's a, it's a new face. Yeah. Right. And the young is good. He's so another guy criminally underrated. Uh, impact in general is underrated. It is. And so I mean he's he's doing so much good for him. and you gotta think of some of the talent that he's going over. It's not like he's you know beating a bunch of tomato cans. Like right. he's he's putting over legit talent. Right? Putting off banging matches, mm-hmm. right? It's I think it might be an example of a miss on WWE's part. Because because that whole faction of Forgotten Sons probably could have been used a little bit better. You no, know, there, there was some backstage going on too that didn't help. But I, I think out of all of them I think he's probably come out the best out of the the three Forgotten Sons, no? No, you I think, think- he
0: I think he has. I really and think he has.
1: And he's also a retired vet as well.
0: He is, Mexican. which gives me a lot of respect for that as well. I think that's awesome.
1: So, yeah, I mean, you, you like to see somebody like that. It's, it's just it's something different. It's refreshing. You don't know where he can go from here because, let's be honest, he's not going to stay in Impact. This, this is not the end of the road for him. Impact
0: Absolutely or, not.
1: For the next 10 or 15 years. So I don't think he's that old. No. I think he's like early 30-something. There's still a fair bit of time left in him. Yes. So you would think he's going to get another crack at WWE, barring injury or, you know, something foolish happening. But at the, the current path he's on, he's going to get another call. Right? And And he deserves it. And I hope if they bring him back, he does some great things because he's capable of it. But he's definitely worth looking up youtube yes. anybody that doesn't know too much about him youtube him get get your phone or whatever get google going do a bit of research on him watch some matches there's got to be empty matches of him on youtube surely god he's good but you will not be disappointed
0: Steve Macklin uh, is going to be part of Impact's Under Siege uh, pay per view that is going to be coming up. And interestingly enough, he is going to be taking on PCO. Um, A lot of people have had so many great things to say about PCO. His character, let's talk about him for a second. His character uh, transformation, you know, from going from Pierre Carl Olette, you know, and being a part of. Uh, the Quebecers in the WWF back in the nineties and then the French Canadians in WCW and then changing himself completely, having that incredibly awesome match against, Walter slash Gunther, which really showed his ability to transition himself and really redefine himself as a performer. And then when he hooked up with Destro and he did all of this, you know, bringing him back to life and, and being the the Canadian Frankenstein and all of these things, he has great matches as well. And, you know, there's an opportunity here. Steve Macklin is going to be going against PCO, um for the Impact World Heavyweight Championship I think no matter what happens it's going to be a great match. PCO is not only talented but he's very very engaging and entertaining. He's very much if you were to take a Undertaker which I feel like there's a lot of comparisons an Undertaker and you were to take a Whale and Mercy um and you were to take let's see who else could you throw in there um I'm trying to think who else has that kind of that maybe a Bray Wyatt type of sense as well, or a Mankind might be a little bit better, and you put them all together and you stir them up and and you get the the Canadian uh, French Canadian monster, and which is PCO, and I think these two guys are going to tear the house down.
1: When is it they're supposed to have their match at Under Siege?
0: It's going to be at Under Siege in London, Ontario. London, Ontario, Canada. Huh? I wonder how much tickets are. I think it's going to be really good. So impact wrestling returns to London, Ontario for the first time in four years. Now it's going to be a two night extravaganza. The action is going to be at the Western fair district Argoplex, Um, and I, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. So I think it'll be interesting.
1: I'm looking for tickets. Give me, give me a second. I'm working no, absolutely. I,
0: I will. I will keep talking while you look for that because it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, So I'm very, very excited about what's happening with Impact Wrestling right now. If you have not seen Impact Wrestling recently, please make sure you call your local cable provider. Find out what's going on with this because, as the butt said, unfortunately, Impact has not gotten – It's just dues. But this championship match, which is going to be happening at Under Siege, once again, it's going to be live on Friday, May the 26th, 8 p.m. It's available on Impact Plus, Fight TV, and Impact Ultimate Insiders, PCO versus Macklin for the World Heavyweight Championship. Now, let me give you a little background here. It's going to be the first title defense for the new Impact World Champion Steve Macklin who is going to be defending against PCO. Now the streaming live event once again will be taking place in Toronto, Canada. The match was May at the end of Thursday's impact as Macklin was having his changing of the guard a championship celebration after Sunday's victory at rebellion. Now it's interesting because Scott, the Moor was the one who said, you know what you've been continuing to pat yourself on the back. I think it's time that you go ahead and have someone to face and well, He named PCO is the guy that he's going to face. Now, if you remember PCO most recently took on Eddie Edwards, um, in a last rights match, which absolutely tore the house down, which was great. Once again, I cannot say enough about what PCO has done, but I got to give credit where credit is due. Um, Steve Macklin has done so much for impact wrestling, filling the shoes of Josh Alexander, who to our knowledge, is going to be out indefinitely. We're not exactly sure when he will officially be able to come back. Um, I'm trying to look and see what else we have here for the event. But it looks like Canada is going to be a big, big deal, uh, especially with Impact because they are a Canadian-based company. And I'm trying to see if we have any other matches that are officially established yet for the paper.
1: Stock Morris from Ontario. PCL is from Montreal. Uh, Josh yep. Alexander's from Toronto, or maybe it's Mississauga. It's the Toronto area, anyhow. Okay, there's a lot of a lot of impact talent is right from around here, and tickets are incredibly reasonable.
0: See, that's awesome. That's that's something you you five
1: can... Two seats for two fifty. One twenty-five apiece gonna have to check my schedule when i get to work tomorrow (laughs) maybe i can report for you from impact
0: i was gonna say that might be pretty cool um i've had the opportunity to interview pco before and such a great guy and um the things that he's done in impact wrestling have been incredible and and he said impact wrestling is top notch he he's he's so happy with with working in impact wrestling
1: he's reinvented himself
0: Many times over, you're yes. Totally right.
1: You take him from Pierre Carloulette the pirate with the patch, yes, is not even remotely close, not even, nope. Right? And I mean, I seen him years ago, I think I told you he was wrestling with um Hannibal, uh, um, Devin Hannibal, uh, yeah, Devin Hannibal Nicholson, or yes, you're correct. And he was wrestling on one of his shows, and I mean, he can still wrestle, and he's no young man, but he can still go with the young man, right? He's, he's fantastic. I, I enjoyed watching him in this little agricultural arena, in, in the middle of nowhere, Ontario. It was a great show.
0: Canada's really big on wrestling. I mean, and they have a very big uh loyalty when it comes to wrestling i mean it's funny here in the united states wrestling's popular but it's in pockets and i feel like sometimes it's hit or miss but i think canada is just they just got it it's just one of those things where a lot of great moments happen but they happen in uh in canada in uh in the the white north is that what they call it the great white north
1: great white north In a lot of places here in Ontario Sorry Mike, I didn't mean to interrupt you there You're fine In a lot of places here in Ontario Because it's the most populated province we have There's a lot of independent wrestling goes on around here Like We have Chinlock Wrestling here in Kingston They have a show coming up in three or four weeks or so Their Rhino is on, actually Uh, The promoter here, Jan Murphy Puts off a great show I mean, you go uh, an hour up the road, an hour and a half up the road, you're getting closer to Toronto. There's I couldn't tell you how many organizations up there. There's a, a Lucha Federation. they wrestle in this little place right downtown. There's a Greek town with Channing Decker. I mean, you've, inter- you've interviewed him. He's been on your show before, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, border City, but I believe they're gone. I think they've closed up. Um I'm trying to think there's another slam wrestling. They're out of Toronto. A lot of great Canadian talent come from there. Uh Alexander used to wrestle there all the time for those guys. Uh so there's a lot. You get to Montreal. Wrestling's huge in Montreal. Right. Then once you get out west, obviously Calgary. That's no. I don't think anybody's really gotta explain that. Right there's wrestling out when you go out east. Halifax has had some great them go through there. There's a, there's a fair bit around here. It's a bit of a hidden gem, we'll say.
0: Well, speaking of Impact Wrestling, definitely want to let everyone know that this Thursday night, it's going to be a great night for Impact Wrestling. Deanna Praza defends the Knockouts Championship against Taylor Wilde. Once again, 8 p.m., 7 central on Access TV. Masa Slamovich takes on Jordan Grace and they renew their hostilities once again on Impact Wrestling this Thursday on Access TV. The design takes on ABC in a high stakes tag team match as well, which should be hard hitting and definitely interesting. And for BTI, uh, Kenny King takes on Channing Decker before the Impact, once again, on Thursday. And remember, Under Siege is going to be happening on May the 26th. It's going to be world champion Steve Macklin taking on the French-Canadian Frankenstein PCO. So many things are happening with Impact Wrestling right now. Very excited about that. Um, Is there anybody that you have seen Uh, I know we talked about Jordan Grace in our last episode. She's a very talented woman. She is now officially a free agent. Now, sometimes they still wrestle under companies, even though they're not under a contract. Where do you think that she will go or where she should go if she decides that she wants to walk away from Impact Wrestling?
1: I think she's going to float around a bit. Um, She's wants to pursue a bodybuilding career. That was last I heard that was one of the things she was discussing uh, so I would assume she's gonna to go to a, a part-time wrestling career to pursue her bodybuilding route uh where would she look I don't she won't be a WWE that that won't happen I don't see that um aew maybe. Uh if that's pretty much the only place she's gonna go in North
0: America, I would assume. NWA potentially or
1: well, I don't think so. Well they're not big enough for her. I don't yeah. think. Uh I don't see her going down to Mexico to like triple A or nothing like that. So if she's gonna stay in North America, AEW is about her only real avenue. I I think personally, I don't know if that's gonna happen but i could see it um where's um banks now shimmer is that what you call it shimmer you mean sasha banks sasha banks yeah
0: sasha banks is she's doing a combination of new japan pro wrestling um and i believe she just signed an extension she just dropped the uh um New Japan Pro Wrestling Women's Championship yes. a few days ago. Let me pull this up here.
1: Yeah, but I I could see her going over there maybe, because because she wrestles a very strong style
0: style. She does she so actually. She's
1: does. over there over in New Japan. She'll fit in. I know I used New Japan for where a lot of people should go fairly often. Consider I don't watch New Japan, but
0: well, the thing with New Japan is. I think a lot of people go over there and they end up kind of being exposed to a new audience. Like Chris Jericho went over there when he was doing The Painmaker and when he took on Kenny Omega in Alpha versus Omega. And that got him over big time. Um, There's been a lot of talent. Uh, AJ Styles had gone over there and and done really well. Um, Oh my gosh. Uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows had gone over there. They were obviously a part of Bullet Club as well, but they did very well over in New Japan as well. So there's a lot of acts that can go over there and do a tour, two tours, and they get themselves exposed and they learn a different style. And then by the time they come back, they're a different performer. And I think they can make themselves a lot more marketable. Um, But speaking of, I have my information pulled up here. Um, Mercedes Monet Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer reports that according to his sources, Monet and Bushi Road, um, which is the parent company of New Japan and Stardom Stardom, recently agreed to terms on a contract extension for the formerly known performer as Sasha Banks. Now, while the length of the contract is currently unknown, Dave Meltzer reports that it will be for at least one additional match and one additional event. Now Mercedes recently dropped the IWGP uh, Women's Championship in what is believed to be one of the classiest moves that they've seen um, in wrestling most recently. So it looks like she's also going to be a part of the show that's going to be happening over here in the United States. And Monet's contract is set to expire. um, But once again, she looks like she signed an extension for at least one more match that's going to be happening before she officially, again, becomes a free agent. Now, Monet has stated on social media that she does intend to officially move to Japan full-time. So if you're an AEW fan and you're hoping that she may come to AEW, I would not necessarily put a lot of stock into that. It seems like New Japan is paying her a substantial amount of money, and she is very happy with what she's doing right now. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you're happy... Who the hell cares about anything else?
1: Can't argue that.
0: You really can't. Um, Now, what I will say is this. You got, and I'm going to talk about this coming up later in the show, but uh, Tony Khan in the Wembley Stadium. You've got to bring her in. You've got to bring her in. I just I firmly believe you have to bring her in, you have to bring her in, and you have to have a match with her, and maybe a Jamie Hader, or her and a Soraya, or her and a Britt Baker, or you need to have her on the card. Uh, AEW has a great relationship with New Japan right now. I think that if you can get her at least for Wembley, I think that'll be a big deal. What what do you put the odds of them being able to pull something like this off and get Mercedes Monet? At a Wembley stadium.
1: Uh, 60% chance they can pull it off.
0: Do you think that in itself would definitely increase ticket sales? No. Interesting.
1: So you not, don't think not, that she
0: would not purely move Uber. the needle?
1: No, I
0: don't think so. Okay. What would you say... What would I mean, do you think the card would benefit from having her, or would you say once again not necessarily? I
1: mean it'll benefit, but it's not gonna make it go from a C to an A? Well, she'll she'll put a couple extra people in the seats, sure, but it's not gonna be a make or break, it's not or. um Sasha Banks, Banks is on the card. I gotta go now. I don't see that being the case.
0: See, I think this is where we disagree. I think if Sasha Banks is on the card, I think she's gonna sell a, a ton of tickets. I think that I think the needle would be moved severely um, when it comes to that. I just believe it. I think right now she has beefed up her stock so high that I think she would. I really do. I think the pay-per-view sales would be very high. Um that's just my opinion. Just cuz of her. Really? Well, I I do. I think you could sell at Wembley Stadium with only 3 matches announced. I really do. I think if you had if you had Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, I think that would be huge. Oh, yeah. Um even though I don't like this, a Kenny Omega versus a CM Punk would sell a ton of tickets. I think any type of th- mixture like that would do really well. I think a big, high profile women's match would definitely do it. Um, the big thing you got to think about here is you're going to be over in, in the United Kingdom. I think if you're going to do all in, I think you got to bring people from all different promotions, all walks of life. I think you need to bring in um, Davey Boy, his son, um, Harry. I think you need to bring him in. PAC needs to be a part of that. Obviously, you're going to need to bring in, uh, or not bring in, but have her on the card, Jamie Hayter. You need to have a lot of these people who are homegrown people from the UK on that show as well. And I also believe Nick Aldis should be on that show. Nick Aldis with Impact Wrestling, who hasn't signed a contract yet, I think they could get him as well and to be on that show. You need to make this... A a super show.
1: Oh, I agree with you there, hundred percent. It needs to be a, a super card. Like,
0: and I don't do think it necessarily- round up
1: whatever you can. Make it a five hour event. You know, absolutely. Like, you no, know, get make sure you got your mocks in there, your MJF, your acclaim. soraya has got to be on that card. I mean, you're gonna have Nigel McGinnis do some of your announcing for you, so that'll. Put a couple more people around. Mm-hmm. Well, you're you definitely gonna go that route for sure. No, if, if you're gonna do Wembley, you gotta do it big. Like, let's not half-ass this. Let's not have a um a spark a sparkler death match thing here. Let's let's have a real going on. Right, make it big. Make it huge. to people are gonna talk about it. Because the thing is, if you bring in people from all over Hell's Half Acre, we're just bringing in fans that maybe aren't AEW, but they're like Nicholas. Mm -hmm. Or Impact, or New Japan, so on and so forth. You get some extra people watching, maybe sell a couple more events, a little extra cash flow, everyone's just going to... That's good, that's all positive. You just got to make sure you don't screw this up. But TK cannot screw this up.
0: I agree. If well, he I'm...
1: does just sell the old Vinnie Mac now and
0: get it over with. I don't know if I would go that far, but let me give you I'm glad I you did the segue.
1: If he screws this up, you're done. Thanks for coming out. The Jaguars start up in a couple months' time.
0: I'm glad you brought up Tony Khan that, that leads me into my next segment here. Now, while it's pretty clear that AEW is going all in on their very next show, which is going to be across the pond over at Wembley Stadium, there's still a big question that's looming all over wrestling fans. How do you go all in on a show in a stadium that you've never done a stadium show and that holds over 90,000 people? And the last show that was at Wembley Stadium did over 80,000 people. Now, do you go for broke? Do you try to do a big show or do you do a half house and tarp off half the stadium and be happy with 50, maybe 60,000 when well, the end, it turns out AEW's event is going to be done well. And for many good reasons. Now, right now they already have somewhere in the ballpark of 50,000 fans who have already signed up for pre-register to buy tickets to the event. Now, a lot of people are saying if you already have 50,000 people, at two tickets a piece that's a hundred thousand so this the stage would not be that that big now i believe it was dustin rhodes he believes that they would get a good 55 to sixty thousand in the arena um or in the stadium i should say with everything that's going on right now in the internet Several people are looking at ticket prices right now in the UK ranging anywhere from 30 to 1500 pounds. Now, if you look at the different seating charts of Wembley Stadium, there are certain sections that are obviously going to be blacked out, but it appears right now that Tony Khan is keeping his eyes open he may be even seeing a full capacity with a minimal stage to see how many people he could get in there. Recently, it was reported that Tony Khan would open up more sections of seats if demands happened. Right now, it looks like AEW is expecting or hoping to get sixty to 70,000 with about 20,000 that would be blocked off. We still have quite some time before tickets even officially go on sale, which is going to be May the 5th. Now, I'm going to ask you this, Butster. 50,000 people, nearly 50,000 people, have already signed up or what they call pre registered to be able to get tickets once they go on sale. That's pretty damn good. So let's just say, let's just say, and a lot of those are probably going to be scalpers too. Let's be honest. The ticket brokers, all those people. I don't know, man. I really feel strongly that. If they do this right and they work in AEW and New Japan and maybe some impact stuff and they bring in some AAA, I think they could make this one of the biggest super cards that we have ever seen quite possibly. Now, do I think 90000 is a possibility? I, I don't. Just for the simple fact that they're probably going to want to make a big stage. And a big stage is going to cost a lot of seats to be tarped off. I would not be surprised if they did 70,000. Do you think 70,000 is too rich? Or do you think I could see it happening?
1: It's a lot of people money. It is a lot. There's a lot of people.
0: It is a lot of people.
1: I think, I think it's probably a little too rich. I think they're going to be closer to 55, 60.
0: Okay. Do you think CM Punk will be on that show? When is it? August 27th.
1: Yes. Yes, I do think he will be on it. I'm not happy about it, but I think he'll be on it. I mean, everybody's reporting he's coming back. So if that many people are reporting, there's got to be some truth to it.
0: Well, I mean, do you think we talked about this in an earlier segment that he pushes tickets? Mm-hmm. Do you think he could push enough tickets if he was in a high-profile match?
1: What do you mean by enough tickets? Is he gonna get you an extra thirty thousand? Okay, that, I know is this is a thing. Or what? What? What's your push tickets? How many? Like, what's your
0: just what by him? Much? Yeah, twenty-five thousand.
1: Well,
0: no. He I think, will, He
1: won't bump you off 25,000 tickets, no.
0: I think if you had, this is my opinion, and, and this is not going to happen, so it's just whatever talk, if you literally had Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, you had the Elite, basically. Well, not even Hangman, but just Kenny and the Bucks versus FTR and CM Punk, and you built that up throughout the summer, to end up happening at Wembley stadium with everything that happened with all out and the press conference and the fights and the suspensions and all of this came to a head. You don't think that just that attraction match itself would probably bring in a substantial amount of people just to see what's going to happen between these two groups of people.
1: That attraction match. Yes. But, Purely, if they announce CM Punk's going to be on the show, you get an extra 25,000 tickets sold? No. You announce that match, that Trio's match? Oh, yeah. That just got you 20,000 tickets. That just got you 100,000 pay-per-views. I I legitimately think that would be huge. That would make you so much money. Somebody might die. But that will make you so much money. Could you imagine how stiff that match would be?
0: I think tempers would flare very quickly.
1: You know somebody's getting hardweight.
0: I I would agree.
1: There is a good chance somebody's leaking from a punch to the face or a kick to the face. Somebody's leaking. Oh, my God. It's true. It's going to happen.
0: I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you're right.
1: Right, that are just gonna be an unprotected chair shot straight to the brain bucket. Like that it's, it's gonna be bad.
0: Good God. Um. Well, let' okay. Let's uh, let's take a step away from the the concept of ticket sales. Let's talk about pay per view buys. Okay. I think right now the highest pay per view buy AEW has had so far was All Out twenty twenty one, which they had. 215,000 pay-per-view buys. That's it. That is it. That's been their highest so far. Is 215,000 pay-per-view buys. That is their max right now. They do a lot of They do a lot of the one, like 130, 115, 155, 175. They they have a lot of of in that section. Not quite 150 to 170 for their pay-per-view buys. Um, what do you think pay-per-view wise they could do on this one? Like I would say Wembley could hit 300,000 pay-per-view buys.
1: Yeah, I'll give you that one. I could see that for sure. Because right. you got to think if they're going to do it as a super show. You're going to get people from all your different, like I said, all your different federations tuning in. Right. So that's going to bump you up. Then you're going to get people that might be lukewarm AEW fans that are going to want to see it just based on the fact that it's at Wembley. Yeah. Right. So that's going to get you some extra buys. And Tony Khan, you would assume, is going to is gonna advertise this to, to the moon. He'd be, he'd be a fool not to. So, yeah, I think 300000 Yeah, I'll give you that one.
0: So, what would you say is the biggest WWE event every single year, in your opinion? Mania. WrestleMania, very good. So, if I look at WrestleManias, WrestleManias have, in the 90s, it usually did about two hundred thousand, little over two hundred thousand pay-per-view buys. Now we go to, let's see here, uh, let's see here. So XIV is fourteen, correct? Sure, I think it is. That had eight hundred and nine thousand pay-per-view buys. Eight hundred. That in huh? What year was that? I want to say it's 1998. Wow. 809,000. And that's not the highest. That's not the highest.
1: What's the highest,
0: Mike? Uh, WrestleMania 17 did 970,000 buys. And I think that's the highest so far.
1: Just about a million buys.
0: That's insane.
1: That's insane. What's it been the last 10 years?
0: Uh, I'm trying to find that stat here. Give me a minute. Um, let's see where we've been recently. I mean, they've done like SummerSlam 2000 did 570,000. They have a lot of 500. WrestleMania 17. Yeah, 970. That's a lot. So I'm trying to see where we are recently. Um let me see. Um, I'm not seeing the data For the most recent ones So give me a second here Let me see if I can pull this up
1: WrestleMania 17 I'm, re- I'm just looking at the uh, At the card here Yes Good lord Unbelievable X-Pac and Justin Incredible versus Steve Blackman and Grandmaster Sexy.
0: <laughs> well, that's probably not exactly what I would call yeah. the big one, but what, what, what are the big Calm ones? Down.
1: We're working on it here. Then you had Jericho versus Regal.
0: That's probably a great match.
1: For IC title. Yes. Then you had Taz and APA versus the right to censor. Mm, okay. Kane versus Raven and the Big Show. In a hardcore title.
0: Mm, okay.
1: Eddie versus Test. <laughs> Kurt Angle versus Chris Benoit. That was a way that wasn't a fantastic match.
0: Yeah, that was a fantastic match.
1: Uh, China versus Ivory. Uh, maybe not so good. Shane Mack versus Vinny Mack Yes. In the street fight with Mick Foley as your ref. Then you had, was this the original TLC? Edge and Christian versus the Dudleys versus the Hardys? Yes. Oh, and then you had the gimmick battle royal. The Iron so, Sheik one.
0: So wait a minute. So WrestleMania, okay, I stand corrected. WrestleMania 17 did 1,040,000 pay-per-view buys. And that was in 2001. Okay, continue. Insanity.
1: So you had the Sheik won the gimmick battle royal. Uh, Taker defeated Triple H and then Stone Cold defeated the Rock in a no DQ match. That deck card is ridiculous.
0: Yeah. WrestleMania 29 did 1,048,000 buys, and that's not even the number one. Um, let's see, what was the number one? So, WrestleMania 23 which was in 07, did 1,200,000 buys. And the number one WWE pay-per-view of all time was WrestleMania 28, which was that whole once-in-a-lifetime match between The Rock and John Cena. 1,217,000 buys. It's ridiculous.
1: That's so much money.
0: When you figure a pay-per-view is just realistically so so butster you have a calculator nearby
1: i can get one yep
0: okay i'm ready all right so one comma two one seven comma zero 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 yep times five zero point zero zero so that's 50 bucks american what are we talking here what would be the the pay-per-view like gross
1: 60.8 million
0: that's insane, you guys. Oh, my God. That's insane.
1: That's I, one I, event. One event. Say if it cost him $10 million to put that off, which I doubt it did. No. Or let's just say it did. It cost $10 million to put it off. Just on your pay-per-views alone. You yes. 50.
0: Um, let me see here. So where did they hold... Where did they hold that event? Where was WrestleMania 28? i want to see WrestleMania 28 ticket sales.
1: It was held Sun Life Stadium, Miami Gardens, Florida. Look at you. Uh, total attendance was 78,363 people.
0: Okay, so write that first number down. You had the 68 million. Okay, so you got that first number.
1: Hold on, we're getting there. Calculator. Sixty
0: million. Yep. So you got that that first number for the pay per views. Yep. Okay. Now, let's just let's just be realistic here, and this is we're going to be way off because tickets were probably ridiculously expensive, but let's just say each ticket was fifty dollars. Okay. Fifty dollars times however many people you said were um, the.
1: So seventy eight thousand.
0: Yes. What do we got there? And we're way lowballing this.
1: Three point nine. Wow. So Plus and it's what
0: it's way more than three point nine because tickets go for fifty, sixty, eighty, a couple thousand, you know. So we're by very,
1: very loose numbers, low numbers here. You're at just about seventy two million dollars.
0: Yes, and that's on the lowball side. That's insane.
1: Good money if you can get
0: it. It is. And I think that's why a lot of people want to have their WrestleMania moment. They want to have that ability to, to make that money. Can't blame
1: them. We all do.
0: Yeah. Amen to that. Um, I want to ask you your opinion on another thing. What What's your take on uh, Jeff Hardy coming back? I don't know if you got a chance to see that, but Jeff Hardy made his return. I've seen that. You, what were your thoughts on that? Nope. Drinking and driving is, is, is something that's really hard for me to get past. Because. It's it, the drinking it, and driving. Which is terrible.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm not dismissing that. Please don't take us that. Has he gotten right? That, was, that's, that's my issue.
0: He was supposed to have gone to an in-treatment facility and spent significant amount of time going through a lot of different things. And once again, I know I'm being extremely vague with the way I'm describing this, but he said that he is, he, he, he made a pretty big speech and he said, um, I think it, I'm it's time for me to retire. And he said, from doing stupid shit. And he said that he really wants to retire in AEW and he wants to make things good. So
1: I hope he does. My god, I hope he does. We've been down this road so many times but Jeff.
0: We have, you're right. I mean, he didn't you know impact. demons,
1: and that's terrible, and you never want to see it. And you want the man to get help and get himself right so he can live a good, long, productive life. I don't know, because, okay, say he's see he's straightened out. So he's clean, he's living good right now, he's off everything. Yes. And I, and I hope to God he is, okay? Right. But let's just say he gets wrestling now, because he's been off for however long. So he's on the road now. He's traveling. You know, he's just a little banged up from his match Wednesday night. Got to make some pains. He might take a little something to take the edge off. He might go right back to where he was before. I hope he doesn't. And, and I'm not saying this is what I hope. But please, like, understand that. I want to see him good. Yep. I'll see everybody good. Yep that's just the risk has got to be so much for him so many years of abusing you know booze and pills and stuff like that he's I don't think he's that old early 40s maybe but you
0: know he's his body's been through hell oh it's been through a tremendous amount right? and and, I...
1: and it's not going to get better because no. that's what we expect out of him if he's not doing a swanton off the top of something, is it a Jeff Hardy match?
0: No, absolutely not. We have way too high of expectations right. of that. He can't change that, right?
1: Right, and just the uh, even if let's just say he doesn't do that, just the bouncing around, getting slammed, suplex, running, jumping, is hard on the body. So when he gets sore and beat up, what's he going to do? Right. That that's my my big concern. I. I'd sooner just see him retire. He is
0: and live good. He's 45 years old. He was born August 31st, 1977.
1: Yes. I mean, 45, you're not old. No, but I mean, he's an old 45 years old.
0: Well, he is because obviously he's put his body through so much. If we're just talking physically from wrestling, he's put his body through so much. Now, you know, the substances, that's a whole different story. Um, so i hope jeff is good i hope he gets clean i hope life gets better for him i don't ever want to see anything bad happen to people but the problem i have with drinking and driving is you're involving other people who wanted nothing to do with the situation they could be going home from work it could be a grandparent it could be a mom with groceries in the car with a couple of kids and that's the problem that i have it's not as if somebody did something and it didn't affect anyone else they're going on the road and it could affect somebody else that has nothing To do with it, and that's what bothers me. But he is officially back. We'll see what happens. It does kind of surprise me that Tony Khan was willing to bring him back. But once again, I think Tony Khan's a mark for certain people. I really, really do. And I think that Tony Khan does have a big heart. He does want to see people do better. He brought Jake Roberts back into the fold. Obviously, you know he's brought Jeff back in. Then people who've had some problems before, and he's willing to give them a second chance. And I think one way you could look at it and you could say well it's pretty admirable and another way you can say is i mean should you really be spending your time your effort your energy on people who just don't want to help themselves and i don't think anybody would blame him if if he didn't bring him in and he said look i don't want to bring you in because clearly you you haven't gotten your act together but that's not really the way tony khan operates so that's my thoughts on on jeff hardy um any other final thoughts on on the jeff hardy topic
1: Just hope he's got himself sorted out at the end of the day. That's, that's the important part right there. I just hope he's, he's good in life. He's seeking, seeking treatment, outpatient treatment, counseling, whatever he's got to do.
0: And I hope he can kick it and stay clean and live a good life. Amen. I agree to that. Um, Speaking of things that haven't officially gotten worked out yet, here's something that's interesting that I've noticed Goldberg actually had another match on his WWE contract, and he was wanting to have a retirement match in WWE. He wanted to officially retire and and do it in WWE. Unfortunately, WWE actually ended up releasing Goldberg. So he's free and clear to do whatever he wants. There's no 90 day, no compete. I believe he was under a legends deal. And he said WWE at one point in time, alluded to the fact that they were going to give him one final send off retirement match. Well, that didn't happen. Goldberg's a free agent now. A lot of people are wondering if Tony Khan's going to open the wallet for Goldberg. However, Goldberg has been in contact with a couple other promoters who would like to do a world tour, which would see him have multiple matches in multiple countries in a big kind of a farewell tour. Now, someone else has chimed in on all of this. And that person is Wardlow. Wardlow believes that a Goldberg-Wardlow match would be the ultimate. On April 19th edition of AEW Dynamite, Wardlow became the champion for a third time after he beat Hobbs for the championship. I'll speak about that in a second. Speaking to what culture wrestling, Wardlow explained how much it would mean to him to have a match with the 56-year-old Goldberg, who is a Hall of Famer and is a big, big deal. He said, and I quote, well, I actually pointed him out, Goldberg. I said, you know what? You bet your ass I'm not next. But you know what? I would just miss it. Now, Goldberg did walk through the moments later, walk through, and had they had a little bit of an exchange of words. Now, as far as Wardlow's concerned, he knows he's not going to be next, but he thinks that that would be the ultimate match, Wardlow versus Goldberg. And he said, at that point, what could I ask? I could then die peacefully. I couldn't ask for anything more. Let me ask you a question. Do you think, in your opinion, a Wardlow-Goldberg match would be something that would sell tickets? A final farewell Goldberg match. This is it. That's it? This is his final match? That's it.
1: He'll sell tickets because it's a Goldberg retirement match. Right. Nothing to do with Wardlow.
0: No, I agree. I don't think Wardlow really factors into it. I think it's really about the nostalgia of Goldberg.
1: Yeah. Wardlow is put him in there with the the boogie-woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. And he's going to sell a boatload of tickets. It's Goldberg's retirement match. Wardlow doesn't really factor into the equation whatsoever.
0: Do you think that would be something that Tony Khan would even contemplate? I hope not. You don't think that would be something that would be an all-out, a a Goldberg retirement? Nope. Why? He's not... Well, he's not an AEW guy either. He's not
1: part of AEW, so you're going to bring him in for a one-off or for five matches for a retirement tour for a guy who's never been part of your organization...
0: Well, but you got to think about it too. If you're going to have all in, which is going to be a big deal at Wembley. And then literally, I kid you not, a week and a half later have all out. You got to think about, I mean, if you're going to bring in potentially Nick Aldis, Uh if you would bring in maybe a Steve Macklin, if you would potentially bring in New Japan pro wrestling and you would bring in AAA and you'd bring in all these other people it's just a one-off, it's a super card, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean that there's all these converging storylines. Why not bring Goldberg in? I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't help sell tickets and get towards that 90,000 sellout. Do you think?
1: It'll definitely help.
0: What do you think? Okay, let me ask you. What do you think would sell more tickets? A Goldberg retirement match or a Sting retirement match? Or do you think they're pretty much even Steven?
1: No, I don't think they're even Steven at all. This pains me to say it, but Goldberg. Really? Yep. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yep. I don't like it. And I'm a little bit disappointed in myself right now for saying that. <laughs> but I think that would be... Sting was a bigger draw in her 80s. Yes. In the 90s when he was doing the scarecrow Sting NWO. Goldberg was a bigger star.
0: Oh, that's a hard thing. I mean, Hogan Sting was like the. I mean, I, I guess I can kind of see where you're coming from.
1: Right? That's,
0: and,
1: you know, because cause you got to think the people that watch Sting back yeah. when he was Surfer Sting, the blonde yes. hair, you know, we're all old now. Right? Versus Goldberg's generation and bigger and in old too, but it's not the same, right? He's more recent. He was to where you can look it up on TV. You could see it on TV. Where he was in on WWE. Monday nights. He was a WWE star. Yes. Then was in WWE for a cup of coffee.
0: Which I think they really screwed him over in my opinion.
1: Yep. I agree. So I think Goldberg would be a bigger draw. I don't like it. I'm not happy about it. I'm just being realistic. No, I see that.
0: I can respect that. Right. So, I think it'd be interesting. Man, I tell you what, we've covered the gamut when it comes to all of these things. We talked about so much things as far as wrestling is concerned. Hope you guys have enjoyed this. We have gone down the road and talked about just about every promotion here. We're going on three hours, butster it's been a long episode. Um, Before we go ahead and we put a bow tie on this, any other thoughts, comments, concerns about the world of wrestling as it is seen through your eyes?
1: No, just, just enjoy it. Just enjoy it. Put it on enjoy it, take it for what it is you can watch many different shows you can watch many different federations you can have many different favorite wrestlers just enjoy it let's not take it so serious and don't be a scumbag
0: and don't be a scumbag I think it's well said very well said very well said, Butster um, give everybody an update on the big toy show that's going to be coming up
1: uh, big toy show, uh, is Monday, uh, or sorry, Saturday. I set up Friday uh, at CFB Kingston at the Thompson Drill Center, uh, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. here in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, three dollars to get in, all proceeds go to the military veterans program. That's awesome. Uh, last I heard, it's 72 vendors right now, all wow. wow. local Edison vendors from the area. Uh, so it's everyone's going to a good cause uh myself cb 79 wooden toy maker uh we're doing uh 20 percent of all sales we're getting donated to the military veterans program that's what that's what we're doing as just a a thank you to the veterans
0: that's huge
1: um come on out you know there's, there's everything there there will be i think there's last i heard there's four different woodworkers all different skill sets different products uh, there's, you know, your, your typical soap makers, you have just clothes or clothiers or whatever you want to call it. People make clothes. Yep. Um, there's knitters, crocheters, there's a uh, organic, uh, Ontario honey company Ooh. there. There's going to be food trucks. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of vendors there. And once again, it's all for a good cause. So come on, three bucks to get in free parking. There's lots of parking at the drill hall it's a big area so yeah just come on up do some good uh we're gonna try to do our part. i've got about 400 toys ready right now and i think i have another probably 50 downstairs in my shop and varying degrees of completion i'm hoping to get buttoned up
0: before the show and yeah that's about it just living the dream So if people want to contract you to do some woodworking or if they have a project in mind, once again, shoot them the details about how they get in contact with you. What are the different forms?
1: Yeah, so you can get me on Facebook, CB79WoodenToymaker. Give me a like, send me a message. I'll help you out as best as I can. And on Twitter, GotNoof2291. Send me a message there if you want. I'll do what I can for you. Or if you're looking to get something built, if you got some questions, you need some tips. I'm I'm no master, no expert by any stretch of the imagination, but I'll help you as best as I can.
0: Bob Vila does talk to the butt. Uh, he doesn't admit to this, but Bob he, actually he, he tells
1: does. me I'm an idiot. He <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Stop trying. V-
0: Vila is a big fan of the butt, so just <laughs> I throw that out there. He oh. he is very humble about it, so. Yeah.
1: But no, even if it's a matter of if if you have a question, listen, knowledge is free. People taught me, right? I was good enough to have some good friends, or lucky enough, sorry, to have some good friends that helped me a lot. when I had no idea I was in over my head, right? And that's the whole point. There's there's no point in knowing things if you're not going to pass it on and help somebody else. Then your knowledge is useless if you're just going to keep it in your own head and not help. So if you have a question about something, fire me a message. I'll try to help you as best as I can. I've done a fair bit, and I'm not saying that in a in an arrogant way or just do my own horn, but I've done a fair bit. I'm, I'm half decent at it. and I, I'd love to help you. People help me. I just want to pass it on. That is invaluable. Pass it on. Get more people into it. Get more people in and doing things safely. That's the big thing. So you don't end up putting your hand into a table saw like I did. Don't do that. That's not good.
0: Remember to always pay it forward. Yes. Guys, that is going to do it for this episode of the Front Row Material Brand. Once again, if you are enjoying this podcast, you can go ahead and find it anywhere fine podcasts are made available. We're part of the MLW Radio Network. You can also uh, share our links with someone who you think may enjoy pro wrestling or they just like to hear friends talk about wrestling and a bunch of other things as well. It's a nice little break from your everyday work schedule. If you got to catch a flight, if you got to go to the gym or a long car ride, take us with you. Once again, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and all points in between for my executive producer the rit who's also the host of a brand new podcast called the Pesky Podcast. Guys, the boys of summer are back and he's talking all things Boston Red Sox. If you enjoy major league baseball and everything that happens within the summer of baseball, go ahead and check him out. The Pesky Podcast is available anywhere podcasts are made available, specifically on Apple iTunes as well, and you can find him on Twitter. For Christopher Butt, I am Mike freeland and it's been fun and it's been real. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material Brand, brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. The Rolling.